Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet at the John Cabe Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good things. And guys, for most of you who didn't get to go to that IMAX advanced screening, today for you is game day because the <laughs> Batman opens wide tonight across the world. I mean, it's already opened a couple of markets. Some of you got to see the IMAX advanced screening, but tonight it goes wide into its regular thing. Hope you guys have a blast singing. And we're, of course, going to go see it again tomorrow with some of the viewers of the John Campia Show are going to be joining us for a fan screening of it tomorrow. We're very excited about that. By the way, I'm not alone today. Joining me, as always, sitting right over here, he's the one and the only writer, director, producer, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today? John, thanks to your foresight, I don't have to worry about the next time I'm seeing the Batman because as you just pointed out, in front of that gorgeous Batman statue, I get to just walk up those stairs and see this movie again. I'm I'm so excited to see it, dude. Again, I think I might yeah. be more excited to see it a second time. You know, I I'm right there with you. I think I'm actually more excited for it the second time. Anyway, also joining us, sitting right over there, he's going to be joining you guys in the live chat today. Of course, as always, Ray Oris here. Ray, how you doing? Hey, hey, I'm excited too. Very excited. Wow. <laughs> And sitting beside Ray, of course, is our own Chris Carr. Chris, how you doing? I'm great. I'm so excited for tomorrow. Bed, Bath, and Batman Beyond. <laughs> bed, Bath, and Batman Wow. Beyond. I'm, I'm making a little married day of it. We're going to go to Bed, Bath, and Beyond after we see the Batman. Okay, I have a weird question. Yes. Because even though we have already been speaking this morning, uh -huh. I don't think I actually really looked at you. Yeah. Are you doing a little movie cosplay today? <laughs> Am I? Are you? I, no, okay, obviously what? you're not. Okay, because <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm getting Megan, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal mm -hmm. uh, vibes from, what's the movie she did? With Secretary. Secretary, yes. <gasps> That's, That's exactly right. what I was uh, thinking. No, no, All no, right. No, absolutely. I was actually going to say the the fourth grade teacher you fall in love with. Oh, you know that's sweet. Cause, I expect cause, a secretary comment from Rob, but from you, this is today. I should leave. I look like a nice lady. Anyway, guys, question <laughs> is for you. How are you doing today? You're gonna go see the Batman tonight. How you doing? It's gonna be happy. It's gonna be one of those days already. I can already tell. Hey guys, just, just so you know, it's good. it's a little bit of a slow news day today, which is fine. You know, you got Batman opening, so we only got a few topics we're gonna cover, and then we're gonna have a good long hearing from you guys and taking your live comments and questions today. So we're going to give extra time to that today, which I am very excited which is about. Extra risk of me getting canceled. And which is extra <laughs> risk of Rob getting canceled, which happens every day. Uh, but listen, guys, before we get into anything, we got a couple of uh, house cleaning items I want to let you guys know about. Don't forget, we have started our new club, Movie Club. And our newest episode of Movie Club is now up. We talked about Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is now up there and able to be viewed if you guys weren't able to join us live. And don't forget, the next live uh, installment and me scheduled meeting of Movie Club is this coming Tuesday at 4 p.m. And we're going to be talking about The Dark Knight, following up with the uh, Batman Begins, which we covered the other day. So we'll be talking about The Dark Knight this Tuesday. I'll be putting out a schedule here soon about all the upcoming movie clubs that we have. Also want to let you guys know, as you guys remember, we let you guys know that the great show, Designing Hollywood, uh, the John Campion YouTube channel is now the home for Designing Hollywood. 
this show is great because it talks, if you are interested at all about the real nuts and bolts of how movies get made and the images we see, how we see them, it's a show where we talk to the biggest, and when I say biggest, I mean the biggest, Academy Award nominated, the biggest films in the world, the designers, some of the cinematographers, things like that. The newest episode is up, and we've got uh, artist, designer, Philip Philip Boutte Jr. Philip Boutte Jr., yes. Uh, who's up there, who has worked on films like Inception, Godzilla vs. Kong, Man of Steel, Black Panther. He's working on Black Panther, Wakanda Forever right now. And Rob, you did the interview for this one. What are some of the other films he's worked on? Oh, he's worked he, well, on, like, he worked on the original Black Panther. I mean, he's worked on, my God, he's worked on X-Men movies. He worked on Wolverine. You know, he's worked on... He worked on Days of Future Past. He worked on... I know I'm going to say it, but he still worked on it. Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness for J.J. Abrams. I mean, he's a man. And I have to thank you, John. I wouldn't even be doing this podcast if I didn't meet creator and executive producer Martika Ibarra at your house. And yep. we started talking about the other person responsible for this, Marilyn Vance, one of the great, great costume designers uh, of, of, of my life. I mean, she's a costume designer whose name I knew. I mean, she costume designed John Hughes movies. She costume designed your favorite Christmas movie, Die Hard. And they are the people behind the Designing Hollywood podcast. And it is such an honor and a thrill to be working with them. And it's even more of an honor that you have moved the Designing Hollywood podcast to the John Campia YouTube channel. So yeah. thank you so much for that. And uh, I, I'm thrilled to be to be involved with it now. And uh, yeah, guys, like I said, the newest uh, episode is now up. Go and check out some of the previous. Last week was Doug Ellen, the showrunner and creator of Entourage, was on. I mean, anyway, guys, just keep your guys' eyes open for new episodes that drop on the channel. Because if you really want to get into the behind the scenes, the people that make these movies happen, uh, you got to check out Designing Hollywood. Uh, also, guys, want to remind you that in case you can't get your daily fix of the John Campy Show on a YouTube channel, maybe you're commuting or at the gym, good news, there's an audio-only version we simply call the John Campia Show podcast. Just get on your favorite podcasting app of choice and subscribe to it today so it is there when you need it. And also a brand new podcast feed that we have out. We were talking about Movie Club. Well, Movie Club, we don't include the audio feed in our regular uh, podcast feed. It has its brand new, own, shiny, sparkly, wonderful podcast feed on its own so simply go on to your favorite podcasting app of choice and search for movie club a john campus show podcast where we've already done movies such as gladiator batman begins raiders of the lost ark iron man one and we've got more coming so go and make sure you subscribe to movie club and when you do subscribe to it also rate it comment on it all these things help more people discover the podcast as well so thank you to everybody who's already gone ahead and done that all right guys with that down, let's move into an off the top here, shall we? And our off the top is this. You know, yes, the big pop, obviously, in Spider-Man No Way Home were the subsequent appearances of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Everybody went crazy, everybody knows. But there was a big pop in the movie before that. Early in the film, as uh, Peter, Hap, Aunt May... And MJ were sitting in uh, Peter's apartment. They had a lawyer. And that lawyer was Charlie Cox. Now, that got everybody excited. And, of course, it continues the discussion about, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio being there. We got Charlie Cox there. The original Netflix series are coming over to Disney+, Plus, but they are going to be locked behind a gate. I got reprimanded by somebody at Disney+, Plus yesterday. 
You did? Yes, yes. Somebody at Disney Plus <clears throat> said, you guys called it a paywall, and you call it a whatever wall. We we prefer to call, when I say they weren't mad, they were just letting me know. We prefer, we call it a gate. We call it an age restriction gate. So the, the Netflix shows are coming to Disney Plus, and they will be behind an age restricted gate, unlike the other things. But it's got a lot of people wondering and talking about what is the future of these characters, specifically Daredevil, Kingpin, on there. Well, a lot of people have some opinions about that, particularly no. saying it's going to have to be they got to they got to do rated R. Again, the debate is still out there. Is this the this this the same iteration of Daredevil and Kingpin that we had in the Netflix series? I don't really think they are. A bunch of people make some good arguments about as to why maybe they are. We'll find that out for sure later. But Charlie Cox has decided to weigh in on this. He was being uh, interviewed about some other movie that nobody cares about. I, I, I kid, I kid. I'm sure people care about it, but it's not the one you're thinking of right now. So he was being interviewed and promoting some stuff, and he got asked specifically about Daredevil and will it be rated R if they, if they do another Daredevil series or whatever. And this is what Charlie Cox had to say. He said this. He said, I wouldn't put it past the folks at Marvel to be able to accomplish that, making Daredevil PG-13. I wouldn't put it past the, the folks at Marvel to be able to accomplish that, making it PG-13. I'm such a fan of everything they've done so far. I wouldn't underestimate them at all. So if they wanted to make a more PG version of Daredevil, I back them to find a way to do it where it really feels uh, totally in keeping with everything we've done. And maybe there's a little less blood and maybe there's a little whatever, but I back them to do it. So Charlie Cox is coming out and saying, yeah, we can do this thing PG-13. We can totally do PG-13. And I'm, I'm on board. And I, I back their play. If that's what they want to do, I'm totally in their corner to do it. Now, what else is interesting is Joe Blow points out something else. And this brings up another discussion altogether. But he says, Cox went on to express that while he supports a PG-13 Daredevil, he still doesn't believe that the Matt Murdock, that his Matt Murdock would work in the same family-friendly atmosphere and reality as mm. someone like Spider-Man does. Interesting. Which, which I think is rather interesting that he would say something like that. But at any rate, that aside... We got Charlie Cox. It kind of feels like Marvel has sent out Charlie Cox to start laying the groundwork, maybe start getting people to temper expectations or maybe even set what the expectations are going to be. Uh, Rob, Charlie Cox said the main thing he's talking about here is he's totally good with it doing PG-13, just a little less blood, should be fine. Marvel will be able to find a way to do it, no problem. Do you think that even with the new gate uh that disney plus has on for their their content stuff do you think if a new daredevil movie or series comes that marvel will now follow suit and keep it pg-13 or do you think they may explore making it as an original property or after hearing what cox said you know john for me it, it it really all is about presentation like you can present as we've seen in the batman you can make something that's PG-13 and it's still very hard, very hard hitting, very, very um, uh, adult in tone. And I think Marvel could do that. But I really think at the end of the day, we always talk about ratings on this show, whether it's PG-13, PG, R. It isn't so much the rating as it's always about character and story. And it really depends how you present that. And Daredevil, I, I think even in the comics, Daredevil is a character that leans more toward the R rating of the spectrum. But I think they could absolutely pull off a PG-13. And let us not forget another Burnett axiom. There is nothing that cannot be made better 
with the proper application of ninjas. <laughs> and as long as they put ninjas in Daredevil and we have the hand and Electra and whoever, everything is better. It doesn't matter whether it's PG-13, if we don't see the limbs being cut off on camera, if ninjas are there, it doesn't matter. How many times have we said on this show that if Spielberg really wanted to make it iconic and legendary, Schindler's List, ninjas. Ninjas, dude. Would have fixed it. I'm telling you. All the you. problems with Schindler's List would have been fixed with ninjas. <laughs> pick, pick your favorite movie. Tell me it wouldn't be better. Jaws, better with ninjas. The shark oh, would have been dead earlier. Shawshank Redemption, he would have got out of there he would have got out of that Better fights a lot in faster. prison. Yeah. Ninjas. Yep. Why do you think the moon is in most? <laughs> is in most moon, movies. Moonfall didn't work, dude. What do, what do what, ninjas, ninjas? Ninjas approach under the moonlight. Mm. Oh, Come Chris, on, let me ask you. You're hearing Charlie Cox's mm -hmm. things now. Do you? Does it sound to you like Charlie Cox really is just hey, you know, I'm just spitballing, speculating, or does it maybe sound like Charlie Cox actually knows a little something? He's laying the groundwork. Whenever we do see new Daredevil, be it a movie or on Disney Plus, after hearing what Cox had to say, do you expect it to be R? Do you expect it to be PG-13? Or is the jury still out for you? What do you think? I do think this is a carefully curated statement of just like, oh, guys, I think that this is something that we should kind of prepare ourselves for, right? I do think you can do Daredevil in a PG-13 way. I mean, if the Batman can be PG-13 here, I think Daredevil could too. I mean, what? why would we need it to be R? Do we really need all the blood? Do we need to see Karen do heroin this time? Like, <laughs> we do, do we need that? Not really. Um, I think, though, I, I do think it's very interesting that he is talking about how he doesn't quite fit into this universe, though. Because I think with the right story, he absolutely could. And yeah, maybe he, Karen, and Peter aren't hanging out with the hand while she's shooting up and doing stuff. This is comic book accurate for anyone who's like, why yes. is she talking about yeah, this? Karen Page has had a yeah. rough life. Yeah, Ka poor Karen Page. They put her through the ringer, gosh. <laughs> like, are they going to do that storyline with Peter hanging out with them? No, but if they come together, if they assemble at some point, Charlie Cox's Daredevil can absolutely fit into this universe. I find that strange that he's saying that. Well. You know, it goes back to what Vincent D'Onofrio was saying before, too, like pointing out, like, as, as many times as D'Onofrio said, like, in my head, this is the same guy. At the same time, he's also pointed out there are significant differences between the the kingpin in the Netflix shows and mm -hmm. what the kingpin we got in this. So, look, I, I'm already on the thing. Look, I think there are some very, very, very good legitimate arguments to be made that the D'Onofrio kingpin and the Charlie Cox Daredevil are one and the same exact same iterations as the one we saw on Netflix. I don't think that's the case, though. I think we're going to find out there are they are versions of them, uh, if you will, with with some significant changes. But I know, Rob, where are you right, right now on that? Do you think, like, when we meet this Charlie Cox and this Matt Murdock, are, is this going to be the same Matt Murdock that had all those conversations with that Foggy in Netflix and that Karen and everything that happened? This is the same guy just carried over or are we going to are you thinking now it's going to be a version of him where are you right now well i i you know i've often i i, I think it is the same guy and i think i i do and and the the that is his backstory the daredevil that we've already seen is his backstory i think they'll refer to it we don't have to show it necessarily but i i do think it's it's the same guy and they'll they'll chalk it up to we don't even know maybe daredevil was blipped like kingpin Kingpin was blipped according to the Hawkeye series. So maybe, you know, maybe it made him a kindler, gentler daredevil. I have to see. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Would you be okay 
if the whatever next iteration of Daredevil we have, be it a movie, a series, whether it's the exact same Daredevil's Netflix series or an, an exact duplicate of it, whatever the case is, would you be okay with it if it's PG-13? Do you agree with Charlie Cox that Marvel can absolutely find a way to make it PG-13 and totally work? Or does it raise concerns for you? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Ninjas. All right, guys. With that down, let's do one more topic here today, shall we? And somebody sent in the message for us to do this topic. But we've been so, things have been kind of chaotic around here this morning. I'm going to let you guys know. For those of you guys who watch live, you know, so we actually started the show about 10 minutes late. There's been chaos around here. All good stuff. I, well, you, I we couldn't you. stop you from dancing. <laughs> I mean, he just, he, Rob was just in a good mood. He was just dancing. But once he started to take his shirt off, I had to, I had to shut things down. I like, was just no. following your lead. <laughs> no, I'd be I'd be breakdancing. That's what I would be doing. I know. I was trying. That's why we had to stop. Not going to get that going. But this was all set up, and somebody did send in the topic for us, but unfortunately, we don't have that set up. So we'll just talk about this topic here, shall we? And the next topic is this. So, uh, don't know if you heard, there's a new Batman. Um, uh, to go along with the big collection of Batman that are out there right now, from Michael Keaton's Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman... Whatever they're doing in the animated world, Batman. We got another one. And it's done by Twilight and Harry Potter star Robert Pattinson. And uh, it's coming out tonight countrywide. We, of course, saw it. We, of course, loved it. But we also know that this new world that is separate from the mainline DCEU. So you guys obviously know that this Robert Pattinson Batman is not in the DCEU. It's its own thing. But... That's not stopping Warner Brothers from expanding on this separate world. We already know of one HBO Max series that's coming that's a spinoff of the Robert Pattinson Batman, and that's Colin Farrell's Penguin. And I'll tell you what, I was interested. You know, there's that um, Leonardo DiCaprio meme from Django Unchained where he says... Um, oh, that's not the same one, but... What's that? There's the one where he's pointing. I was thinking about that. Well, I'm thinking about the one from Django Unchained where he says, "What? what was the line you... Had you had me curious, and now no, you had now you have my, my attention. attention, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, like with the Penguin series, you had my curiosity. After watching the Batman, I am all on board Absolutely. with the Penguin series. Like, bring that crap on. I am totally down for that. So, we knew that was coming, but there's also another one there's a second HBO spin off series of the Robert Pattinson Batman set in that universe, but we've never been given any information uh, about it or what it could be about. Well, that's changed. As Matt Reeves was being interviewed, promoting the Batman in the opening of the film, he actually brought up and gave us a little bit of information about it, and he's saying that this new thing is going to be majorly connected to Arkham Asylum. Now, let me see if I can find the spot here. Here it is. Speaking to the Toronto Sun, that's from Toronto, obviously, Director Matt Reeves teased that fans can expect to see more of the sinister Gotham uh, landmark. And I accidentally totally changed pages. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> Speaking to the Toronto Sun, Director Matt Reeves teased that fans can expect to see more of the sinister Gotham landmark. When asked what his plans are following the release of the highly anticipated film, The Batman, Reeves noted that while one of the spinoff series will focus on Colin Farrell's Oswald Copperpot, or Oz, as he's referred to in the movie, a.k.a. The Penguin, the other is more mysterious. We're doing The Penguin series 
and we're doing another series that connects to Arkham Asylum, said Reeves. While undoubtedly a vague description, this is the first time any kind of information on the season, uh, on the second planned HBO Max series has been formally revealed. And that, of course, uh, comes to us from Matt Reeves. So within, we're not going to give away any spoilers here, within the Batman movie, we, we do see Arkham. Arkham is referenced and we see Arkham and Arkham is there. And pretty much Arkham is always kind of present in almost any iteration of Batman to one degree or another. So the idea that the second series will be connected to Arkham Asylum, it raises some interesting possibilities for me about what this series, what this show could be about. And I have a theory. Then I want to hear what you guys think of my theory. And I want to hear if you have any theories of your own. Okay, here's my theory totally based on nothing <laughs> i think it's gonna be an anthology show i think arkham asylum could be an amazing anthology show where each week focuses on a different inmate at Ar arkham and it tells it's every episode is like a 52 minute self-contained uh story isolated story that goes through the various inmates of that and of course man bat would have to be there. <laughs> that might, but but it also brings up. It also gives them the opportunity to really dig deep into some of the obscure characters that have populated the pages of Batman comics throughout the years and bring them a little bit more to light. I think that could be fascinating. Now I can't remember the last time HBO did an anthology series like this. I mean, the last HBO anthology series I think I watched was Red Shoe Diaries, and I'm not even sure if that was HBO. Was Tales from the Crypt? HBO Tales from the Crypt would have been another one. Yeah. Red Shoe Diaries, Tales from the Crypt. What's another one? You watch Red Shoe Diaries. So I did I. Because I'm a big fan of David Duchovny. That's it. That's exactly That's the why reason I watched, it. I watched Red Shoe Diaries yeah. as a kid trying to find the, the channel. But yes, but those are the last ones I can really think of that were real anthology series. I'm trying to think of others right they now. Did but a, in, they did a, a horror show, I think, called um, The Hitchhiker. Oh, that's long right. Long time ago. That's right. I, I think that was HBO. Well, Rob. First of all, what do you think about my theory of an anthology series of Arkham? And then what other theory might you want to bring to the Dude, table Dude, I, I got to say, I love this idea. I think you're spot on. You know, yesterday in the mailbag, one of our viewers asked about Clayface. Like, do you think that they could? And I, I you know, the the Matt Reeves, the Batman is, as I like to say, it, it's full of verisimilitude. And I wonder if a character, like he's been talking about on the interview circuit, that he's got an idea to do Mr. Freeze but do it realistically. Like maybe he's a serial killer who freezes his victims or something. He's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it would be fun to to do that because you could make the show a little bit more over the top than say the movie was. And you could delve into, as you said, as the more I'm thinking about the show, I think it's a great idea. And and you're teeing up all these villains and the ones you could even see the one that proved most popular or the actor that played them. Can you imagine if you've got Colin Farrell playing the Penguin what other actors could you attract to this anthology idea to play iconic Batman villains, if only for one episode? Mm. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? I, I love this idea. By the way, uh, one of our uh, longtime friend of the channel, Fanjecture in the live chat, was saying, uh, is True Detective count as an anthology series? True Detective is kind of an anthology series in that every season is a completely right. different story. Yeah. But I'm thinking like of a true anthology series where every episode yeah. is its own separate, yeah. completely self-contained story. So Dude, I can't remember the last time I love time this that idea, happened. though. I think your mm -hmm. idea is really great. Ooh, well, thank you, Rob. Yeah. Chris, 
Do you eat, do you share Rob's brilliant observation? I or do you hate have a your idea. Life? It's bad. No, I love this. I think it's great because then you can also get into some really obscure villains in here too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Let's do an episode on Calendar Man. Let's do an episode on Cornelius Stirk. <gasps> wow. That'd be so good of just this dude like eating people's hearts. Ah, oh, that'd be so good. Or all the so villains, all the villains from Batman, the first volume of Batman and the Outsiders, like the nuclear family. Yeah. Or not. It'd be really, really fun. I'm excited for that. I think that kind of version of that, if this is what they do, would be really, really cool. Because if, if I'm being completely honest, I don't know if I want a series about like the the workings of Arkham, you know, and have like a continuation of a story here. With some of the things it's that like we maybe ER, saw in the but movie. with crazy people. I can't, I, and I don't want it to be some like derivative kind of show where it's just well, like I mean, we're talking about like crazy folks, right? I want it to be a really interesting, compelling character study about these these villains. And I think an anthology series would be a really cool way to do that. What about but going piggybacking on what you just said? What about an ER or Chicago Hope or whatever kind of or one flew of the cuckoo's nest? Well, where you have. And initially, you'd have to play with the with the history and canon a bit here, but you have a well-meaning, say, Doctor Hugo Strange. Oh, I like it already, dude. Who has is dedicated to bringing healing to the criminal uh, insane element of Gotham, and it's the story of him trying to make Arkham a special place of healing, but maybe <laughs> his own then descent into madness i don't know would, would you go for that I, I love that or you could go the shutter island route and the he, Ooh, he's, I like that. he's your he's your he could be your narrator and you find out that at the end of the first season he's actually been an inmate the whole time you know and they just allow him to 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 be this doctor to as part of his therapy that know? would work too i mean i love you know what even if they don't we should just start our own fan series and produce it for the john campia channel where we do this ourselves. The Arkham right. Archives. Because you can yeah. never run into any legal problems doing yeah. fan-created content based on existing IP, right? You wouldn't know anything about that, I wouldn't know anything about it. Not me. <laughs> anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Well, Matt Reeves saying that there's a second HBO series coming that is a spinoff of The Batman that is going to be connected to Arkham Asylum. Now, listen, it could be nothing like anything we just said. Right. It could be exactly what we just said. Do you like either of the ideas we put forward here? Maybe you have some other ideas of your own. Whatever you guys got in your heads, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Hey guys, we want to take a second and thank one of the sponsors of today's videos, Wondery's podcast, Badlands. Most of us have accepted that celebrities and stars live by a different set of rules, uh, more relaxed rules. At times, they even seem to get away with murder, and some literally do. On the Badlands podcast, listen to the real-life stories of A-listers whose crimes and career lows are as unbelievable as some of their film's plot twists. On this season, they look at Heath Ledger's spiral into darkness and his final days. They'll also cover Brittany Murphy's mysterious, unusual death and Jack Nicholson's proclivity to fits of rage. Also, did you know that America's dad, Tim Allen, the man who played Santa Claus, he got his comedy start in a Minnesota prison. For all that and more, listen to Badlands, a true crime podcast that dives deep into the stories of the famous at their most infamous. You guys know I love stories, but I also love the stories behind the stories, and that's why you guys should listen to this. You're going to love Badlands. Get new episodes every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts, or binge all of season three ad-free right now only on Amazon Music.
And thank you to Badlands for being one of the sponsors of today's episode of the John Canvas Show. And by all means, guys, you really should get the story behind the story. Go and check out the Badlands podcast. All right, guys, we're now going to spend the rest of our day today on this Thursday talking about the things you guys want to talk about, taking your live questions you guys have been sending in. So, Chris, what do we got? We're kicking this off with Rookie Tukey, who just sent in some support before the show. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you, Rookie Tukey. Orlando Orego. Hey, John and crew, I will need everyone to have popcorn when John goes on his rants. LOL. <laughs> oh, I might I might have gone on a little bit of a rant yesterday. Yeah, but it, was it was a epic, good one, dude. though. You were just really passionate about a real shithead. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, though. I got emailed by two movie theater managers and at least three or four movie theater employees emailed me yesterday to say basically said to me amen and so i'm i'm just do you know uh in our our viewer the mailbag i did yesterday one of our viewers wrote in to say that your favorite ceo used to be the ceo of the, the 76ers, 76ers. If I'm mistaken, right right yep. yeah and and for two he seasons much ran that team into the ground ran it into the ground and and made all these terrible choices i did not know this until i read thank you viewer i don't remember your name but thank you for writing that in and i'm like you know when you get to that ceo level john i guess you can just repeatedly fail upwards because you have experience <laughs> and you know to be to be honest there is true like there are i'll i will take an executive, a coach, a leader who has had failures because those are some of the best lessons you learn. Absolutely. But when they fail and fail and fail and fail, I, I don't know, that's a different thing altogether. All right, anyway, what's next? Andy, I can't wait to go to the Friday fan screening with you guys for the Batman. Just to be told by Nicole Kidman how heartbreak feels good in theaters. <laughs> mm, doesn't it? I, yeah, I, 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 every time and now Ann and I go to a movie and it's at an AMC theater, <laughs> And we're, we've already now sat through like 25, 26, 27 minutes of trailers. And then the screen goes dark for a second. And without fail goes, don't you fucking bring Nicole Kidman up on screen now. Don't you? <laughs> Movies feel better in a place like this. Somehow, heartbreak feels good. And it's like, it's like ah, we're here. Icing on the cake, baby. Uh, I Dude, appreciate it. What are if always I good no matter where they show up. Don't get me wrong. She's great. Nicole Kidman is awesome. But my, my favorite example of this I stick with, showing us an AMC commercial trying to talk us into going to see AMC movies at AMC when we're already sitting in an AMC theater is like trying to get somebody to look at your dating profile when you're already in the middle of sex. It just, it <laughs> makes no sense. Do you think that our look, favorite CEO? Let CEOs Ray date how he wants to, John. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! I put it on the TV, <laughs> and I just look at myself. I'm like, Ooh. it's like a really weird American Ooh, psycho move. Like <laughs> oh man, that's very Patrick Bateman of you. Wow. <laughs> oh, shut up, girl. Shut up. Shut up girl. I'm reading my profile. I'm changing it up. <laughs> Scroll down. <laughs> <laughs> Which part you like, girl? Which part you like? Huh? That's a double entendre. Oh, Scroll down. man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get to go too far off the rails. What's next? Uh, Chef Rigo. 
Hey guys, game day. Game day. Game day. John, I had a great time cooking for you and and your friends on Monday and giving y'all that VIP treatment. Oh, I remember oh, Chef Rio. Yeah. Okay, Does he have a part two? Yeah, yeah, there's part two. Bring in the whole t uh, John Campion crew someday. Yes, please. And Rob, come anytime and ask for me. Just don't come on Wednesday or Thursday. LOL. Those are my days off. All right, I'll, I'll tell you two stories. So the other day, um, you guys, for those of you guys who've watched me for a long time, you guys remember Matt Barnard. Uh, he used to do For Your Consideration with me. Anyway, uh, his wife was Anne, like Anne's best friend all through since, school. Since like... Since they were like... Third grade or yeah, something? Yeah, like literally <laughs> since like third grade. Jaylen, Jaylen and Matt. And uh, it was Jaylen's birthday. So the other night we go to this restaurant. What's it called? Shogun. We go to this restaurant called Shogun uh, for dinner. And it's one of those restaurants where it's a regular restaurant, but they also have a side where it's like Benihana, where the chefs come out and cook right in front of you on the grill and all that kind of stuff. And Ann and I were the last ones to arrive, and they were just sitting in the regular restaurant part. It's like, oh, we didn't get over there? It's like, no, we wanted to, but apparently you have to have a reservation. We're like, all right. So we're sitting there with all Jay Lee's friends. And then Chef Rigo made me, got to make me look like a celebrity for a second. Because Chef Rigo comes walk over, John Campia. We're like, yeah. He goes, why are you guys over here? It's like, and everybody said, well, we couldn't get it. And Chef Rigo... Got us a Benihana table. I don't know what else to call those cooking on tables. The Got Shogun table. Those, what's it called? The Shogun table. Yeah, or like yeah, you can't go to another restaurant at the same time. Or something like that. So yeah. got us a Shogun table. They brought us to the man got brought the manager out. They brought us over, sat us down. Chef Rigo came out, did his stuff. It was delicious. It was fantastic. I can't wait to go back again. And yes, one of these days we're just gonna have the whole uh, John Gabe show crew come on over and join us over. Does there he work that. lunches? I I'm gonna doubt it. Uh, and, and this guy is proper. You call this guy chef. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, just, he, like, he was oh, working some magic. This guy, I heard guy had skills. Yeah, he yeah, was he was working some magic. All right, what's next? All right, another one from Andy. John Cena should come back for WrestleMania, but instead of his theme song playing, he comes on with the crew dancing to the Peacemaker <laughs> intro. <laughs> That's no, actually John. not a bad idea. I'm here, John. <laughs> what? No, what do you mean? John. I think it'd be fun. I meant this WrestleMania is a wreck anyway, so put it it's in there. Totally I'll probably make it yeah, better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If he comes out with the thing, you don't think the entire audience in that stadium will be on their feet mimicking the same dance moves? I mean, don't get me wrong. I I'm as much down into the... <laughs> Like, sure, yeah. And his name is John Cena. Well, they should bring I'm... the band over to actually play that song live. Oh, no. oh, even better. Yes. I hope Vince McMahon is watching this. By the way, notes. that music video for that song, which came out in 2010, I think, you can Never watch that video on YouTube. It's awesome. Good to know. All right, what's next? Uh, Anish, one of two. Game day. Game, Game day. day. <laughs> I've waited eight years for Matt Reeves' Batman movie after seeing Dawn, and tonight that dream comes to full fruition. Also, Variety released a great article last night, which focuses on Matt Reeves and his journey to create the movie. Highly recommend it. Written by Adam Vary, if anyone wants to find it. Thank I'll you, tell Anish. What, you guys know that we do, um, <clears throat> we'll cover Variety a lot. Like, uh, we, yeah. we, we source from Variety a lot. They're very, they're longer, them and Vanity Fair, mm -hmm. their long form entertainment pieces are always top notch. Yeah, oh, yeah. they really are. Like, and that's not me casting any shade on some of the great work done at Hollywood Reporter, the other things like that. I'm just saying I particularly find 
the long form articles that they do at Variety and Vanity Fair on entertainment are usually, usually top notch. So I'm going to have to check that out, Anish. And I hope you have a great damn time at the movie tonight. All right, what's next? Another one from Andy. Loved Robert Pattinson as Batman and how. Oh, you know verbally- what? Okay, there we oh. go. Okay, so go ahead. <laughs> and how verbally savage he was, like in the comments. He also reminded me a lot of Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Hmm. I'll tell you, for me, he just reminded me of Batman. <laughs> like that, like that was the thing. Like I, I, very, you guys know, I very, very rarely, like I'm, I'm a Rotten Tomatoes critic, but I very rarely actually post anything on there. Like maybe one a year, I'll post my, my review to Rotten Tomatoes. But I just, I felt moved to do so for the Batman. I felt moved to do so for Free Guy, and I wanted to do so for Batman as well. And what I said was, in it was there's. I have never, and I think I said it yesterday on the show too, I have never once felt that sense that this was actually Batman jumping off the pages of the comic as much as I did in this. Like, just the whole nature of the guy to me, at least the stories that I identify more with, you know what I mean? So, um, I, I just, yeah, man, he didn't remind me of Daredevil. Daredevil reminded me of them trying to make him come off as Batman a little bit. This Batman just reminded me of Batman. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Well, I agree with you. I mean, what I liked, and I think I was talking about this yesterday, is that Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson, seemed to be detached from humanity. Like, he, he's almost like an alien. You know, and and like you've always said, and we've always talked about the fact that Batman is the real persona, and Bruce Wayne is the, the alter ego. Yeah, is the mask. And I thought that he really did a great job of that and he's playing it very different than any other actor who's inhabited the role and i really appreciated that i thought that's one of the things that set this movie apart yeah it it really felt like the batman from long halloween which is one of my absolute favorite batman stories and it felt like that batman so i i really really love his interpretation so did you get excited with the opening line in the movie i o- lost my october shit. 31st I was just like <laughs> And in, in, in the suit, in the suit, that's my Batman too. I yeah. I love the look, the and that uh, that's to give him credit for his uh, you know, square chiseled yeah. face, and also the people who designed the suit. It looked cool. I mean, it, it's like my favorite suit now. Um, and yeah, as Batman, he was he was almost perfect, but as Bruce Wayne, there was still a disconnect for me. Only because I'm used to a particular Bruce Wayne, and this is the a new version of it, so I'll I'll have to get used to this. That. You know what All I mean? right. What's next? Chubbs ESP, Batman No Way Home, Batfleck. I don't want to brag, but I was in the Justice League. Keaton, that's great. What is that? Batfleck. Wait, you haven't heard of the Justice League? Battinson. Is that a band? Are you in a band? <laughs> the same. The same conversation from there. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be seeing that. I I, <laughs> I, I feel pretty sick. Because don't laugh. I had somebody write to me the other day and said, you know, John, I guarantee you in the next couple of years, we, you are going to see Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, and Robert Pattinson in a movie together all as Batman. And I'm like, no. you know, no, I really do don't think they're going to do that. You, you know who would do that if they were in charge? Adam Aaron <laughs> in charge of WB. He would totally do that. <laughs> he would totally do that. And then only have it play in theaters for one day. <laughs> and charge people Tickets double. Tickets $75. Yeah. And just let you know that once you come into the theater to watch it, the theater will be set on fire oh, as you're there watching the movie. And he's going to pee in one out of every five soft drinks that get served. And you get, you want to gamble? That's how Adam Aaron would do it if he had his way. I love that we have a new arch villain on this show. 
It was Chapek. Chapek is like, whew, there's a, <laughs> there's a bigger moron than me coming around. By, by the way, Bob Chapek is not a moron. I'm it's not because saying. Adam Aaron is more in your territory, more with your passion. Well, you, you know, this is what frustrates me with, with guys like Chapek and guys like Adam Aaron is, you know, there's a lot of dumb people out there, right? And we don't, you yeah. don't care. <laughs> What's up? Let's go, dumb people. And normally... We don't care. We don't care. But I love Disney. And I love AMC theaters. Like, I, I mean, they are my favorite movie theater. They're, they are my movie theater of choice. And obviously, of course, I have a history with AMC theaters, right? It may not have ended great with the whole HR department thing that I had to leave. But but I still really appreciate and love my time that I had at AMC and, and, and the company. And it just frustrates me. It gets me particularly perturbed. When it's things I love that do things really stupid. I, I mean, I, and if I sound passionate about it, it's because I actually love it. And when I see the way Adam Aaron is systematically, almost purposely trying to dismantle and destroy the movie-going experience, yeah, that pisses me off. It makes me mad. By the way, I have to say with Bob Chapek, when I worked in home video uh, for Disney, creating special features, Chapek was always a great executive and a friend of of he was great at uh, home video because he was there before he did parks right yeah and he lost a lot of those friends when he went to parks yeah yeah people in parks didn't like but him. he was great when uh, during his time overseeing home entertainment home entertainment all right what's next all right from assistant professor x marvel new york city 2005 promos for peyton reads the breakup are sent Generals had, along with film's producer peter billingsley oh what happened to my screen uh ralphie from christmas story did oh is this he's doing the slow burn of how Peyton Reed started the Marvel Cinematic Universe? We're getting like one one blurb a day. Oh yeah. All right. Oh there we go. Yeah. Okay. Did, wait, did Peyton Reed direct the Vince Vaughn Jennifer Aniston the breakup? So is oh. and was that two thousand five? I'm not sure. Although Peter did direct Couples Retreat. Did he? Yeah. John, uh, I thought John Favreau directed that. No, Peter Bling's a director Couples Retreat. And because uh, Favreau's in that, yeah. I thought he paid the breakup. The breakup. Yep. He did do the breakup. Yep. All right. I was always under the impression that Favreau directed couples for two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Peter did. I, I worked day. with Peter for a number of years. Um, the first the first movie I ever edited, I edited with Peter Billingsley. Very cool. The All right, Full Moon's next? Arcade for those in the know. Uh, John Redcorn over under thirty percent discovery makes Batgirl theatrical. I'd take over. Ooh, yeah, because there's going to be a new sheriff in town. By the time Batgirl's supposed to come out, Discovery will be in charge. It's kind of like what happened to Blue Beetle, I think. I mean, that's well, the thing, we were talking about that the other day. Like, since they did it with Blue Beetle, could there be a possibility they do it with Batgirl? I mean, hell, you got Michael Keaton in it. You've yeah. got Brendan Fraser in it. You've got, I mean, you got J.K. Simmons in it. It's obviously connected to the mainline DCEU. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go over, I'm not going to say it's likely, but I will go over 30%. What about yeah, you? I think so, too. I agree. And by the way, we should mention that Philip Boutet Jr., who's the star of this week's Designing Hollywood, is working on the Blue Beetle right now. Ooh. He is actually. Yeah, there, there he is. He's, I forgot about that. He's actually doing design work on the Blue Beetle. So, uh, And that's coming. So I'm going to see over 30. What about you, Chris? Over under 30%. percent i go over. All yeah. right. I like it. All right. What's next? Uh, Irene Jobson. Ray is a noob. Also, <laughs> love y'all. Tell Hubs I'm doing this to make him blush. Oh, my gosh. Did Hubs? you and Irene get married? No. Irene, you already have a husband. I know, but, you know, I'm just going to kick her ass in Rocket League or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you kept that sentence going. 
I'm just going to kick her ass. We're just going to beat up a fan of the family. Are you coffee? Are you going to play the game in person together? No, I just like talking crap to anyone who challenges me at Rocket League or Halo. That's it. All right, what's next? Orlando Orego. I am excited for the Batman. Hopefully the new Regal Theater opens that... That is 10 minutes away early. Bigger than the current one, and of course, reserve seats. Tell you what, seats nice. I do love brand new movie theaters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been very rare I've got to walk in the doors of like brand, brand, brand spanking new movie theaters. I'll tell you what, though, uh, one of the experiences right by the AMC Burbank 16, within a five minute walk, there are two other AMC theaters the AMC 6 and the AMC 8, and they're all within like a five minute walk of each other in Burbank. But they used to be the crappiest movie theaters like in the AMC roster. And then when I was still at AMC, they went in, dumped a whole ton of money into them and totally retroed them and put in the leather reclining seats and new screens. And I tell you, I was there opening day for when they reopened. And that was a good experience. I love new theaters. Dude, me too. What's that new one? There hasn't been a new one in the LAR for a while, but there's that one in Glendale. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. the name. And it's really, really nice. And I'm yep. forgetting the name of it, too. Oh, well, all right. Well, the Alamo Draft House downtown. Uh, the Alamo nice. Draft House. I've got downtown. that new Regal right next to me, and it's great. Oh, nice. It's so nice. Just walk out of my apartment Wait, and be in a, a movie that's theater. That's a NoHo? Yeah. yeah. Where is that Regal? NoHo West. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know that. It's great. Is it they replaced the Landmark Theater that was there? No, this is a whole brand new um, brand nice new area. Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude. I got to come check that out. It's nice. It's all nice. Right. There's a little bar in it, too. What's next? All right, from Ryan Trabuco. Happy Thursday. <laughs> Saw the Batman and Dolby at AMC Mission Valley in San Diego. Nice. John, y'all were not kidding about the sound design of the Batmobile. Almost filled my popcorn. Great movie. Loved it. I- I'm telling you, you guys know the Batmobile's in the movie because it's in the trailers. But the first time you see the Batmobile, bruh, the sound takes over the movie. Yeah. At you know, that point, so good. Can we just say for a minute that unlike Robert Pattinson, who a lot of people dissed on like Heath Ledger before him a lot of people were talking smack about this new Batmobile uh, it just looks like a glorified muscle car oh. let me just tell all the haters out there yeah you got another thing coming Wait, do you see it when you first hear that thing rev up man I'm telling you I felt it in my bones yeah it is it is especially on that IMAX screen dude wow oh my gosh wow yeah. you feel it in everywhere. your soul Literally goosebumps. Yeah. Ever. I didn't know that scene was coming. It was so uh, and good. I knew it was coming, but I didn't know what it would do it was to me. Juice from Jost. Ja- Jost from Jazz Inc. is making one sixth scale Batmobile to go with the hot toy figure. Oh, you're gonna be so poor. See, and, and I and I said, like, I was one of those guys. Like, I thought, okay, yeah, like, I'm super excited about the Batman. It's my number one most anticipated movie of the year. But yeah, the Batman Batmobile looks okay. The Batmobile looks okay. No, now I want it. Now I yep. want that figure. And yep. And and also don't discount any choices that a like you know a good director makes. Like yes. that's why after the Heath Ledger thing, I'll never question any anything anymore when it if it's attached to a good director. All right. I am going to be so poor. I know. <laughs> I but so I'm I'm proud of you for having a house to keep all your hot toys in. Oh, thank you. That's thank really you. Nice. Appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> um. All right, James Hoffman. Star Trek Day! Star Trek Day! Season 2 premiere of Picard dropped. I thought it was a big improvement of season 1. Did you or Rob see it? Thoughts? Thanks. Yes! I have not seen it. Um, But I'll I'll tell you what. I've not seen it yet. I'm very excited about it because I really like season 1. I have not watched it yet. But 
if I were to step out of frame right now and had John Campia from three months ago step in, John Campia from three months ago could have told you. Episode one of season two of Star Trek Picard. Rob hated it. John Campia three months ago could have told you that. Yeah. I haven't even seen the episode yet, and I can tell you that. But Rob, you did see uh, Picard. You still look down, you know, all down gloomed. <laughs> yep. He doesn't want to say anything about it. It was... It was exactly what I expected it to be. How which means that? I'm probably going to love it. I'm going to have so much fun. Which means the rest of us going to have a lot of fun. This. I will say this. Uh, it... <sighs> hey, we need. We can't. We we gotta keep going. We I can't. I have going. nothing. I can't. I have. To, I, I need to think about. I, you know what? As Ash said in Alien, I'm still collating. <laughs> All right. Next up. Daniel Hinojosa, a phenomenal first two thirds, then a solid third act with high ambition, but with questionable moments. The Batman sounds like the Dark Knight to me. Well, clearly you haven't seen it yet, and like. Yeah, listen, The Dark Knight is not a perfect movie. I mean, by, by any stretch, it's got a couple of questionable things. And for me, The Batman, even though I call it the perfect Batman movie, it's not a perfect movie. Like, there are there are a couple of things that, uh, yeah, whatever, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it is absolutely magnificent and glorious, and I cannot wait to go back to watch it again tomorrow. So, yeah, I mean, it, if you say, if you kind of compare it to The Dark Knight, then it's in pretty damn good company. That's in good company. All right. Wait, wait John. Yeah. Is that your number one Batman movie now? Yes. And you don't even, like, just know, like, you don't even think time will change that? Like, no. you know for sure? I. Well, no, no. no. Let me, sorry, sorry. I, I'm, when you asked that, I instantly went to thinking about um, DCEU. I don't know that I have the Batman above the Dark Knight. Oh, okay. I need, I need to marinate on that for a while i need that to digest right, a right, bit right. I, I try I, I try not to come out with like big proclamations about where something sits in an all-time list after i just saw it like 24 hours earlier you know but i'll say this the very fact that i'm even having to think about it mm -hmm. speaks volumes about this movie the very fact that i'm even wondering yeah what do i prefer this one or the dark knight like even if it ends up being the dark knight this says amazing things about this movie you know, John, a lot of people are talking about the third act, which to me, the third act is the answer to a question that Batman himself asks in the beginning of the movie. So I think the third act is, is I really enjoyed it. I You're thought not it was alone. Great. I, I know a lot of people that thought third act and was really good. It's funny because I don't know, I, I guess I don't understand that criticism. You know, about what did people think was going to happen? They're like, well, you know, it could have, it could have ended after 125 minutes. I'm like, no, it couldn't have. It couldn't have because this is actually we're watching Batman is actually on a personal journey in this movie. He asks himself a, a, a question. And by the end of the movie, especially the end of the movie, I thought it was answered in a very emotional and poignant way. You know what? <clears throat> Here's in a way that does not give anything away at all in the end of the movie. See, I agree with you. What comes in the third act of the film is something that needed to be there. Yes. I would also say that here, here's my uh, analogy. If you go back to The Phantom Menace, if you were to describe we to me, to? <laughs> if you were to describe to me, okay, uh, the two Jedi need to get down to the planet's surface, and it's somehow they need to get to Theed and see the Queen. The Theed is the capital city uh, of Naboo. Naboo. 
They need to get there. So they meet a native of that world who will lead them and become their guide to taking them to Theed. I will say, yes, that is exactly what needs to happen at that point in the movie. <clears throat> However, we got Jar Jar Binks, and it, it was what needed to be there. Functionally, is what had to happen. I just take issue with how it was actually done. Now, I am not saying, nor am I trying to compare the third act of the Batman to Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> that is not what I mean at all. That is not bad. I was I'm wondering saying, where you're going with this. I'm just saying, whereas, whereas I agree in the, the short note of what takes place, absolutely, that needs to be there. I just thought it could have been executed a little bit differently. I, I was I was a little. No, I'm with you on that. There's yeah. just a, there's I'm just a few. It's it's a tightening up thing. It's just kind of a pacing and where certain things were. Yeah. Of just if this were my perfect movie, right? Which right. no movie, no movie is. No Everything movie is. can always be, be better, but you shouldn't let perfection be the enemy of good or great in this case. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, but listen. At the same time, I have heard from many others who feel more like Rob does. That thought, yeah. like you know what? No way. That third act. Particularly, it's the second half of the third act, because I think I was right on board with most of the third act. A lot of people I've heard say that second half of the third act was mwah, chef's kiss. Loved it. So, I mean, hey, it is what it is. I can't wait to really talk about this. Are we going to do spoiler something? Spoiler discussion on Sunday. Okay. Spo Good. Open spoiler discussion, everybody. For the Batman this Sunday, make sure you guys come and join us once you've had a chance to see the movie. All right, let's keep going. What's next? All right. So, Comic Nizer, game day. Game, game day. <laughs> going to see Batman my Walmart with my Walmart crew at 7. I All hope right. you guys have a blast, man. I hope you have a really good time there, dude. All right, it's always great when you get to go with work friends, too. All right, what's well, next? Well, it's so nice because he watches this at work with everybody, too. Oh, that's so great. That's really, really cool. Uh, Mike Joyce, it's game day for Picard season two. Oh, wait, did I already did this one? Oh, wait, did no, it's a new one. Game day for Picard season two. Have any of you seen it yet? I enjoyed the first season, but time traveling to the 21st century worries me. Listen, time travel worry? always worries me. I, I, I'm not, I mean, there are a couple of exceptions. Star Trek was one of those exceptions. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of, of the trope, but it has worked a few times. We'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually very excited to check it out later tonight. I, I'll be on that a little bit later. All right, what's next? Anish, one of two. <laughs> Ensemble for Nolan's Oppenheimer is unreal. Yeah. Besides the heavy hitters, we got a Safdie brother. Josh Hartnett has resurfaced from God knows where. <laughs> Jack Quaid getting some recognition for his fine acting in The Boys. So good. And the most recent addition, Jason Clark, who is always fantastic. Yeah, Jason Clark is always incredible. Um... Even when he's in a terrible movie, uh, he's incredible. Because wasn't that? Oh God, I hope I'm I'm thinking of the right Jason Clark. Uh, we're thinking of Jason Clark from from the most recent Terminator, right? Yeah. Who played John Connor? Yep. Um, so whether it's his outing in that, or oh my God, the reboot of Pet Cemetery was so bad. But I love seeing him in things. He always he he elevates material. As far as Jack Quaid goes too. Listen, he was also just in the brand new Scream. And he was really quite good. Yeah. In Scream. I'm liking this guy. I'm a, a lot. fan of his. Yeah. yeah. It's it's working out for he him. He even does a voice in Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, I won't hold that against I've him. I've never seen a human being I. who looks so perfectly like their two parents. Cuz like Dennis Quaid and uh Meg Ryan. And Meg Ryan, right? Like you look at him you're like, "Oh, those are obviously your parents." He just like butted off of them. All right, what's next? Butted off. <laughs> Mark Netto, like a starfish. Mark Netto saw Colin Farrell this morning on Hot Ones. He had an interesting take on dialects, especially for the Penguin. Ooh. Again, I, I just got to say first, I got to watch that Hot Ones. Yeah. That's one of my favorite shows. But I I got to tell you, 
I said this on the show yesterday, but we'll bring it up here again. Everybody said, man, if you look at Penguin, you'd never know that was Colin Farrell. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know the Penguin was being played by Colin Farrell and you watched the movie, you still wouldn't know it was Colin Farrell. Yeah. Like the way he handles dialects and stuff like that, he was awesome mm -hmm. in this. Absolutely awesome. All right, what's next? John Redcorn, what <laughs> happens first? Venom 3 or Spider-Man 4? Venom 3, no doubt about that. All right, what's next? Comic Nizer. Also, Alabama fun fact, our AMC only serves popcorn and soda, no real food. Shame, real food would be nice. Yeah, I have, you know, I've made my first visit to an AMC dine-in theater. I think it was for one of the Hobbit movies. Uh, with the Peter Jackson's Hobbit trilogy. And it was my first experience in a dine-in theater. And oh my God, that spoiled me. That the whole idea, and you would think it would be distracting. It wasn't. But you literally have a button. First, you got this great seat. This big table swings out in front of you. You have a full menu. You order your food before the movie starts. And during the movie starts, and then waiters, waitresses are coming and bringing people's food. And you think about that, in theory, that sounds like it would be horribly distracting. It really was no more distracting in an average movie that somebody's getting up to go to the bathroom or whatever. It was actually perfectly fine. And, like, when your soda runs out, you just hit the button. Waitress shows up, bring you about brand new soda. Your little chili will bring you a little blankie. And they brought out a little blankie for my wife, Anne. She loves you all cuddled up Aww. and stuff like that. It's it's spoiled me. And now, yeah, whenever I go into a movie theater, the first thing I look at is the menu, see what they got up there. That's not yeah. a real place. Oh, it's totally a real place. Is it? Yeah. AMC Dining Theaters, man. Mm -hmm. Dang. It's my brother's favorite way to dine, where he's like, I don't have to speak to a waiter, really? Awesome. <laughs> I don't have to have any social interaction. Bring me my food and let's and, not uh, make any uh, small talk. Alamo in LA does mm -hmm. the same thing. Oh, it's the best. You get your fried pickles, you watch your movie, you have a cocktail. <laughs> All right, what's next? That's heaven to me. It's so good. Seconds from Disaster, one of three. I never cared about drama in the personal life of movie stars. That's not why I'm watching them, so I didn't feel it was necessary to recast Depp in Fantastic Beasts. But I'm happy with who they chose to replace him. Holy hell, Mads looks menacing and adds a whole new, dy new dynamic to the character. This should have been the casting from the start. I agree. What are your thoughts now that we have a look at him in the trailer? I mean, there's... <laughs> I listen, I get it from a movie studio's point of view, because if you're look for, let's take people out of it. Okay. If you have something in your product that is going to hurt the reputation and sales of your product, then you change that thing out of your product and you put something else in. It's just that simple. Yep. And unfortunately, rightly or wrongly, fairly or unfairly, Johnny Depp put himself into a situation where he was going to be a problem for the marketing and selling of a product because it was going him his presence in it was going to again rightly or wrongly fairly unfairly I don't give a fuck what side of the debate you fall on it doesn't matter to me the the fact of the matter is Johnny Depp got himself into a situation where his presence in the product represented a problem for the product and if you were running, and if you were a shoe cobbler, like the great Daniel Day-Lewis, and you found out, you know what, people just, there's, there's some people out there that really don't like my choice of laces that I put in my shoes, and they're not buying my shoes. You know what you would do? You wouldn't go, no, I stand with laces. <laughs> no, you would change out the laces to laces that would increase the sales of your product. 
Now, later on, you may find out the laces were actually the greatest laces in the world, and you may be, but at the time, you have to make a decision that's right for your business. And rightly or wrongly, fairly or unfairly, Johnny Depp found himself in a situation where his presence was a problem. And maybe he'll be vindicated later on, maybe he won't, but that's irrelevant. You're running a business. As Rob always says, it's not show friends, it's show business. Depp represented a problem, they needed to address it, and they did. Now, being that as it may, and I personally thought Depp was very good in Crimes of Grindelwald. I thought Depp was excellent as Grindelwald. That's my own personal opinion. I thought he was great. But you're right, man. If you got if you got to replace him, man, that I can't imagine a better choice mm -hmm. than that. Well, I don't know, Robert. What do you think? I agree with you. And you know, the thing about Mads Mikkelsen, though, is as much as he's never, I don't think, ever turned in a bad performance. I mean, if you watch the the Danish movies like The Hunt or Another Round, which he was terrific in, uh, he goes all the way back to Casino Royale in, in 2006 in terms of being in a high, a high visible movie. Uh, but he still doesn't have the recognition or he's not seen as a, a, a real movie star. And I'm hoping that his performance in this movie will finally catapult him to the A-list that he deserves to be at. Because, man, he... Uh, this might be unpopular. He's the best Hannibal Lecter that we've ever seen. Oh my gosh! Hard agree. Rushes it. That Hannibal oh. is the greatest horror television series ever made, in it's my opinion. So good. And he was astonishing in that role. And I love. You can just see, look at his screen presence and what we've seen in the trailer. That guy crushes. And he was great as Le Chief in in Casino Royale. Mm -hmm. oh, he's great in everything. He, he should did. be an A list actor. I loved him in Rogue One. He was great. But, in Rogue but here's, One. Here's the thing. The guy, so going to Hannibal, it's the same kind of thing that happened in There Will Be Blood. Because Paul Dano was phenomenal in There Will Be Blood. Nobody talks about Paul Dano in There Will Be Blood. You know why? Know why? Because the greatest of all time, Daniel Day-Lewis, probably gave the greatest performance of his career in it. So that's all anybody talks about. I don't even know the name of the guy who played opposite Mads Mikkelsen. Hugh Dancy. Hugh Dancy, yeah. What's his name? Hugh Dancy. That was Hugh Dancy. Mm-hmm. It's almost a shame how good Mads Mikkelsen was because I thought Hugh Dancy was wonderful He's in that. He was great. Yeah. Everybody Everyone's in the show was so great. good in that show. Uh, anyway, okay, oh. what's next? Medicated movie reviews. Have you guys seen in the Doctor Strange trailer when Strange and America Chavez are tumbling through the multiverse, a door appears and shows a completely animated world? Thanks and stay medicated. So we yeah we did talk about this on the show that in the trailer as they're as as America Chavez and Doctor Strange are busting through reality walls and things are shattering as they're coming into the one with the dinosaurs savage lands who knows but as they come into the one with the dinosaurs for a briefest of moment you see the one they're leaving looks animated it looks like an animated world so is that where they see Captain Carter does you know does uh, What's Roger Rabbit's wife's name? Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Does Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit show up in there? I don't know, but but we'll see. We'll find out. But yeah, that'd be talked kind of awesome that. if she did. I, uh, Jessica Rabbit and Captain Carter are off fighting crimes together. Redheads, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> That's all I can say. All right, what's next? Blake sixty two. I think the most hyped I've been for the Batman was when I heard John Campia in the shadow of Henry Cavill suggest he might like it more than Man of Steel. Now I I do have to be very clear about that. First of all. After we went off air, Henry had some some very hurt words for me. Oh, my. You know, he was, he was just sharing his feelings that what I said hurt him. And he was just expressing how he felt. And I understand that was shocking. But I should be clear about something. Man of Steel is not my favorite comic book movie of all time. 
I believe it is the most underrated comic book film of all time, and I believe it is a top 10. But I have other films ahead of it, like Logan, like the original X-Men, like The Dark Knight. But I obviously I hold, but Henry Cavill's my favorite Superman, and I hold Man of Steel at a very, very high level. But yeah, I I think I like the I think I might like the Batman even more than I like Man of Steel. Which means it would be instantly dropping into my top ten all-time favorite com I think top ten best comic book movies of all time. So again, that was no diss on Henry or on Man of Steel, which I still think is the most underrated comic book film of all time. But uh yeah. But Henry and I worked it out. We're we're good. We're good again, me and Henry. All right, what's next? Back to spooning. All right. <laughs> ben Rayner sending an A twenty dollar super Thank chat. You, ben. Thanks. Happy fifth birthday to the masterpiece that is Logan. That's right. I know you guys agree and love that film. My question is, what is your favorite moment of it? Mine is either the last battle to the ending scene or the farmhouse. Thanks. Bring on the filthy. There are God, so many moments in Logan that carry such emotional weight. Like even when we first see him with Professor X in it again. And you understand where the mighty Professor X was now in life and the way Logan was caring for him and the whole like the fact that these two mightiest of, of beings, Logan and Professor X, just trying to think of a day they can get a damn boat and just go away. Like, I mean, there, there are so many, so many moments with Daphne, with Daphne uh, mm -hmm. uh, um, as a weapon X or whatever. Mm -hmm. So many moments of, I mean, I, I don't know that I can pick one. The ending was certainly great, but I don't think it's the ending for me, but there's a lot. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I can't isolate one minute, but those are good picks. Yeah. The, the whole, the last battle is dope. So good. Gosh, when they're all around the dinner table too. Oh, that's that's so beautiful. When he's tucking in Professor X, when that's because that's his dad basically. <gasps> but just they, they they show that moment in the trailer too when they're sitting around the dinner table, mm -hmm. and it's 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 a cool moment in the trailer. But when you're watching the movie, and then you get to see them just enjoying the things in life that we take for granted, sitting around table, being with people you love smiling and laughing and you and then the sadness hits you that they never get this yep they never get to have this so you feel amazing for a moment and then it brings you right back to this heaviness and the sadness so well done by the way was that eric lasalle i think was yeah it was mm -hmm. in then the, yeah. the dad in that yeah. scene that, oh you don't see him a, a lot anymore, no. but he's, he's great fabulous yeah i really like him a lot yeah. all right what's next all right, from Eric Benson, a $50 super chat. Thank you, Eric. Saw the Batman at AMC Disney World last night. Nice. What a movie. Loved every second of it. Didn't feel like a full three hours. Maybe 30-ish minutes of extra items. The only problem I had, why does AMC show the AMC ad before the movie starts? Somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this. I, 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 again, I don't know. I, I always I, feel that she's breaking up with me. <laughs> like, like I'm supposed like, no, to feel no. better about like, like she was my girlfriend who broke up with me. But like, here, look, I get it because because I would go to the movies to drown my sorrows. There are other ads that they play, but they're for specific things. Yeah. Get the AMC A list. Yeah. Go get a soda. Go get some like they're they're when those AMC ads they're actually promoting a specific thing. I get it. They probably. They probably gave her more money than they'll ever admit to go and do that commercial. 
and they feel like they got to get their money's worth out of it. I get it. Yeah. But with all the other AMC ads that play before a movie, and there are several, they're all for a purpose. This is just come to AMC. Well, you mean where I'm I am? I'm already here, Nicole. Like, I'm, I'm here. Ray is like, baby, scroll down. Like, we're, we're here. We're here right Dude, now. I got to tell you, I was dating a beautiful redhead named Suzanne. And I was drowning my sorrows. And I went and saw Apollo 13. Ooh. And all I was thinking about was how miserable I was because we were no longer together. So what heartbreak does doesn't do feel good this? in that theater? It doesn't feel good in the theater. Oh, that, no. there. That's, heartbreak did not feel, did good. Not feel good. <laughs> oh, man. It did not feel yeah. good in a place like that. All right. I got to say, though, Eric, that AMC at Disney is wonderful. When I was a Disney intern, I went there every week, and it was wonderful. They were so nice there. I love that movie theater. All right. What's oh. next? Andres Morin. Uh, one of two. Hello, crew, and to the millions and millions, and millions of the John Campia Show fans. I love watching you, but absolutely adore when we get to see Giovanni rant. <laughs> um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Where's the second part? There he is. Oh, thank you. Uh, I immediately paused, stopped what I was doing, and enjoyed the ride. By the way, I don't know what movie y'all watched, but loved Uncharted. I was high as a kite. Well, there you go. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> If I had dropped an edible, maybe I would have been like, this is fine. <laughs> but I was super sober. Um, yeah, I don't know. See, here's the funny thing. I never I never plan to rant. I don't. Yes, you do. No, no, no. Like, I, like, even for, I remember even when I was preparing the topic, right, and I was getting my research together and pulling the, the quotes and getting the graphs and all that kind of stuff, I'm just saying, I, all I ever think about is laying out a coherent argument. Here's my case. Sometimes maybe I get a little impassioned about it. But I never plan to rant. I, I, I really don't. I really, really don't. Anyway. All right. Thank you for that. Hey, listen, man. I'm glad you had a good time at Uncharted. And I'm looking forward to them doing another one. I think they can build on it and improve upon it. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. What's next? From Andy, the real Batman versus Superman was this week wa between watching the Batman and a new episode of Superman and Lois on Tuesday. It was DC game day for me. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, a lot of people are enjoying that Superman and Lois show. It's good. Which is which is great. I was enjoying it for, I mean, it's, it's, it's no longer really a show that I can get into, but I was really liking it a lot for the first half of season one. And I think there's a lot there to like, so I'm glad you're enjoying it, Andy. All right, what's next? Out of Time 1985, DC put on their Instagram last month that the comic inspiration for the Batman, the comics inspiration for the Batman were Year One, Long Halloween, and Ego. For those who read those comics, did you see those influences in the Batman? Listen, they have said several times, whether it's Matt Reeves or others, they've mentioned like 10 plus influences for yeah. it. And we were talking about this in our review the other day. It's like, I felt at any rate, like you could feel every single one of them. Yeah. I mean, for right from the beginning, again, the first line in the movie, I'm not spoiling it. The first line in the movie is October 31st. It's like, here we go. Here we go. But yes, you absolutely feel all of those influences in there. Was there any particular one that stood out to you, Rob? No, I mean, but I, I think it definitely, they went back to obviously Miller's work and then, and is it, I think Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale did yeah. Long Halloween. Yes, they did. Uh, I, I, and they're there. And I think again, it shows that going back to the the actual source material for inspiration, Marvel does that all the time, DC does it, and they're successful. It shows that it's already written, it's already there. The good stuff's on the page, and and it's it's rich for adaptation. So I'm glad they did it, and you definitely feel it, dude. Like you said, it's the most Batman of all Batman movies, really. 
All right, what's next? Mr. 47, what happened to that hard R-rated Barney movie with Daniel, Kalu uh, oh, I never say his name right. Kaluuya. Kaluuya, thank you. That was supposed to subvert expectations. Laugh my ass off. Uh, I, I'm hoping cooler heads prevailed and nothing happened to it. Now, listen, we've got to keep in mind, too. For those you don't remember and, and didn't know about, Daniel Kaluuya was going to be doing this Barney film. I don't recall them actually saying it would be hard R. But was going to do, be doing a Barney thing. But the big quote that got everybody was, it's going to subvert all expectations. That's always a good thing I'm, to hear. About Barney about the Purple Dinosaur? Barney the Purple Dinosaur. Like a, like a Death to Smoochie situation? Or God, I love Death to Smoochie. So good. <laughs> I can watch Death. That's what we need, another Death um, I don't know. All I know is that a, it, it just got us talking a lot. I will say this, though. I wouldn't. Under normal circumstances, with this much time passing, I would say, well, that project's probably dead. But remember, the pandemic happened, which was going to probably shelf or sideline a whole bunch of things. So this thing may not be done, but I have not heard a peep about it in a long time. So maybe Cooler Heads prevailed and they pulled the plug. No, no. All right, what's next? Wade Poitras, so Star Trek Picard premiered last night with a bit of a bang. Bang! <laughs> Rob. I've got a good feeling about this season. I think you're going to really love it. Winky emoji. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I really don't think. Hey, man, hope springs eternal, you know? So they introduce a starship and they have to, well, never mind. <laughs> All right. Next up. Colin Z, great article in The Hollywood Reporter about the Academy wrestling with decisions to make the broadcast more appealing. If the broadcast doesn't succeed, it means financial losses for the Academy. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, right now, while the Academy is not about the Academy Awards, that's actually not even the primary function of what the Academy of Motion Arts and Sciences is. But it's what pays their bills. Now, they're trying to change that at the moment with the launching of the Hollywood Museum. And uh, I'm actually friends with somebody who's one of the curators there. Mm. And uh, it was some, once they get that thing up and running and going, that's going to become, hopefully, fingers crossed, a year-round money generator for the Academy, and they won't have to rely on it so much. But yes, see, I, a, a lot of people don't care how many people watch the Oscars, but considering that's the one thing that pays the bills for the Academy, they kind of... So they have to walk this delicate balance between doing what we need to do to bring in viewers, but also maintaining the integrity of the awards themselves, which is why... One of my rants was when they came up with the monumentally ass-backwards idea of, let's create a category called Best Popular Movie. Like, I, it, yeah. But, but I get it that they have to constantly do have this struggle and, and think of ways to create a better show, draw in more audiences, and maintain the integrity. I'm not going to pretend like it's an easy balance, balancing act. It's not an easy balancing act. But it's something that they do have to figure out. And along the way, they're going to make mistakes. And hopefully they'll they'll you know mitigate those mistakes and try not to make huge ones as they go. But it's it's a it's a tricky thing, and I think a lot of us, me included, I think sometimes I take that for granted. All right, what's next? Barth Revan sending in an almost twenty dollars super uh, chat. Thank you, Barth. Hey gang, game day. Game day. Game day. Six months, three movies: Spider Man, The Batman, Doctor Strange. Michael Giaccio is the true Giacchino. MVP. Oh, Giacchino, thank you. Is the true MVP when it comes to recent comic book movies. Where does he fall in the pantheon of film composers for you? <sighs> Michael Giacchino is 
man, amassing an amazingly impressive resume lately. I mean, the first thing I really noticed from him was his J.J. Abrams Star Trek thing, which I think you enjoy as well. I will say, yes, I enjoy that. Yeah, it's really I love the theme he brought up for that. Now, the one thing that he lacks that, say, a John Williams things has is that there are at least a dozen John Williams themes that I could hum the first four bars to and most average people would instantly know. You go to the average person in the street, go bum, 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 bum. They're going, oh, that's Indiana Jones. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, Superman. You know. Dun, dun. Jaws. Dun, dun. The, the first few. The, dun, 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 dun. Harry Potter. Jurassic World. Empire Strikes Back. I mean, the, the, he's just got these. This, Williams has this ability to create things that don't only create awe and wonder and immerse you in a scene, but they also become things that are etched in your brain and you recognize those tunes for the rest of your life. Not many other, if any other, composers really been able to accomplish that. If Giacchino can start doing that as well, five, ten years from now, he could be in the conversation with Williams because he's off to a, he's doing really well right now. Do you happen to have a particular favorite Giacchino? You know what? I, I love his score for Speed Racer. I didn't even know he did Speed Racer. Yes, he did, and it is a phenomenal score. I hated that movie, but I'm glad the score was good. Oh, gosh, I hate that movie so much, and Logan loves it. Man, oh. how can you guys? I have you, several friends that really love yeah. that movie. You know why? Because it's, it's awesome. awesome. Oh, I think it's an awful movie. It's not my jam. But I, hey, there are people, I, like I said, I know people yeah. that love it. All right, what's next? Another one from Ryan sitting in another almost $20 Thank super you, chat. Thank you, Ryan. Recently saw that AMC purchased and refurbished the former Arclight La Jolla Theater. There are now four MC AMCs within five miles from me. Mission Valley, Fashion Valley, La Jolla, and now UTC. No shortage of AMCs in San Diego. Yeah, AMC, AMC has a strong, including they've got a, a, what's the one I went to recently out there? I can't remember. But they have a strong presence in San Diego. Uh, and yeah, they have been in, and I agree with them in this. They have been in one of the good decisions by Adam Aaron. Hey, if I'm going to trash on the guy for when I think he does dumb things a lot, uh, I'm going to give him credit where credit's due. When they came out of the pandemic and through no credit to them, but they found themselves with a bunch of money thanks to the Reddit meme stocks, but they made the decision to use, instead of just sitting on that money, use it and get aggressive. And they started acquiring some theaters. I think, and there are a number of people that question that move, and I I agree it's risky, but I thought that was a smart move, and you're seeing AMC pulling in a lot of that expansion. Absolutely. All right, what's next? Raymond Verrata, double dose of Star Trek, Picard, and the other show. When's the other show coming back? Discovery. Discovery, when's it come back? Oh, it's back. Oh, did, I, didn't even know, it, I didn't even know it came back after its mid-season break. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I totally, man. I love that show. I got to get back on that. All right. Thanks for letting me know about that, Raymond. All right. What's next? Sam Fisher. For those who don't have time to read the full book, you can tell us if the Batman prequel novel has anything important for, then for us to know? Nope. None of these ever do. That That's that's the thing about all these prequel things. Like Even going back to one of my favorites was the Man of Steel prequel comic. Do you remember that one? Yep. So for those of you who don't know, in the Man of Steel prequel comic, um, it actually focuses on Kara on Clark's cousin, who we know as Supergirl. And it actually goes back thousands of years, and Kara being an explorer of Krypton, and her ship crash lands on Earth thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And 
the the comic ends with Kara getting out of her pod. The person she was exploring with was dead in their pod, but she got out of her pod and just walked off into the winter. And we never knew what happened to her, which I remember at the time made me go, are they going to say maybe she is the origin of Themyscira? She is the ancestor of the Amazons? Or she's this, or maybe she's still out in the world today, whatever. Now, then when you get to Man of Steel, there comes that moment where Clark finds the ship buried in the ice. And if you'll notice, when he goes into the ship, there are two pods. One pod with a you know, decayed corpse and another pod that is empty and open. And that's type of... But if you didn't read the comic, it didn't matter because it had no bearing on the movie whatsoever. And so, no, I have yet to ever find prequel material, whether it's a comic, a short, um, a novel, whatever, that you needed to see, read, or understand to have 100% complete clarity in what the movie was. So I don't think we're going to have anything like that. There's no need. Yeah. I mean, I think this movie, what I love about the Batman is it's very self-contained. Yeah, I don't yes. think you need, it tells you everything you need to know. All right. Next up. All right. From Slarf. Just, Slarf. Just br- bought Eternals 4K Steelbook. One of yeah. my all-time favorite sci-fi films. First physical media purchase in a couple years. Have a great weekend. Well, I know that makes you happy. It does. And I, too, have the Eternals 4K Steelbook. Yes, I do. I have all of the Marvel movies in 4K Steelbooks. You know, it's funny. We came out of that movie. And I remember when I came out of it, there were, there were two predominant thoughts I had. Well, first of all, going into it, I said, you know, this thing looks like it's going to be different from anything else Marvel has done, and it definitely is different from anything yep. they've done. And I thought, that's not going to sit right with some people. Uh, I don't think it's it's definitely not going to be for everybody. Um, but two prevailing thoughts. I knew not everybody was going to love it, and certainly there are people who don't like it. I mean, it's, it's the worst critic rated of all the Marvel movies. I still thought it was great. It's not, my fav- it's not my favorite MCU thing, but I thought that movie's great. Yeah, I really liked it. It is a science fiction movie. Just like Man of Steel, I look at Man of Steel as a great science fiction movie that also happens to be a Superman film. It just leaned heavily in, and what I'll never understand, I just don't understand some thoughts uh, about, I think the battle in Man of Steel is one of the great superheroes. Dude, I mean, it's, it's glorious. It, if there were two Kryptonians battling over an urban area, that's what it would be awful. It would be a terrible, horrible thing, and everyone's like, well, Superman's not, he's not saving the man on the street. He doesn't have time. This is a killer be killed fight, and it's the most insane battle ever. And and when they opened uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice with that the the man on the street who happens to be Bruce Wayne, <laughs> one of my favorite things. That's uh, one of the greatest openings to a film ever. ever. That, the whole perspective. By the way, somebody in the live chat asked a very interesting question. We know we're getting Supergirl in the Flash. I wonder if that Supergirl might be connected to the prequel comic from Man of Steel. I never even thought about Ooh. that. Wow. Never even thought about that, but I love that idea if they do do a little callback on that. Okay, what's next? I'm in one of two. So I rewatched Rogue One the other day, and man, it's such a brilliant film. So good. In my opinion, for sure one of the best Star Wars films. A lot to love about it. But for you guys, what were a couple things you disliked about the film or thought they should have done better? Much love from Canada. Well, you know what's funny? A lot of people who really liked Rogue One, they'll come out and say, yeah, the first half's a little slow, but the second half's... I'm actually in the minority. I actually prefer the first half of the film. Mm-hmm. I love that 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 the story foundations being laid. I love getting to know the characters and all that kind of stuff. If there was something they would do, I would do different. 
I mean, there was some stuff on Jetta I thought they could have done a little bit better. Um, while I loved, I'm one of the force and the forces with me was great. There were a few. There's a few too tidy coincidences once they started the final assault on the on the planet, and whatever. It would as great as the Vader appearance was. I would have liked to have seen him maybe incorporated in the movie a little bit more. Ju not not just because it's Vader, it's Vader, Vader. But if he's the big threat that ends that shows up at the end, maybe giving a little bit more build up to him in the film might have been a nice decision. But again. These are all little things that I think might move the needle one to two percent. But overall, I thought this movie was great. How do you think they might have maybe improved this movie? I'm not a Rogue One fan. I don't. I, not everybody is. I don't enjoy the movie. All the things you just said, I was like, yeah, that bothered me. Yeah, that bothered me. <laughs> yeah, where was he? So I, for me, it's just make a better version of this movie. But I know, I know I'm in the minority on this. This one just didn't do it for me. Rob, what about you? I would like to have seen our, our team... I would like to have seen like five minutes on the backstory of each character. Like we would have seen Sheridan way guarding the, the Kyber crystals before the empire came in. So you got a little sense of who each one of these, I, I love team building movies when you get to meet, like I love the oceans 11 movie where you actually meet all the characters before, uh, before they team up. Right. So that's the only thing I, I, unfortunately I, I, Unlike Chris, I don't get mad at me. I really like That's okay. Rogue One. I and love that all, we have different opinions. Also, I don't think the end makes any sense. Yeah. I don't think the end to me is like, wait a minute. I'm supposed to believe this. This is linking up with Star Wars. When did they decide to go to Tatooine to find Ben Kenobi? Like, like uh, your job was to get this and transmit it to the rebel base, to, to the Death Star plans. That's what you're supposed to do. The 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 Tantive or Tantive blasts off into hyperspace. And they're going to Tatooine. I'm like, wait, what? That still, I've watched the movie like 20 times. I still don't get the end of this movie. Well, I, I, I think it's brought up in Leia's um, thing. I think what, if they, they were pressed to explain, I think the explanation is they realized they weren't going to be able to get it to where they were going to go. The closest thing and the next best option then they have is to get it to General Kenobi. But that just seems like, okay, <laughs> you're going to go find a guy who's living in the desert and give him these plans. I mean, they could have... They could have dropped the plans off in space with a tracking device and someone could have picked them up. I mean, it just seems like such a roundabout, weird way to go. I mean, they, and obviously, I mean, the plans wind up on the damn Death Star. The very plans that you've stolen wind up back on the Death Star in Star Wars, which seems a little counter. Productive. I know they didn't know that was going to happen. Yes, but, but it's not, things don't go your way. I know, but it just seemed like it's just a little weird. Birds. Right. <laughs> like first, for instance, I mean, why didn't the tan, why didn't the blockade runner stay in hyperspace? They probably got pulled out. I mean, I, yeah, but we don't know. So it just seems because like, there's a lot of technology just, in Star Wars uh, that the Ambar can pull you uh, out. No, of hyperspace. It's, it's true. I just I just think it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's one of those burning. Ray's getting nerded out here. He's getting totally nerded no, out. No, because I don't understand anything you guys <laughs> i saw rogue one and i don't i have no idea what you guys are talking about tanta hyperspace it has a great <laughs> space battle in it my favorite second favorite space battle in star wars after the original battle of the death star well my i love that battle of scarf it's great oh it's wonderful all right what's next blake 62 just wanted to say i'm really enjoying movie club raiders what a movie i'm so glad like you know we're having a really good time doing movie club and i'm so glad you're joining us for those and 
Uh, I hope we can keep doing them for a long time. Thanks for being a part of it, Blake. All right, what's next? Bird Hop. With Defender series, including Daredevil moving to Disney Plus with parental controls, do you think we will see Fox's Legion series move there eventually? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Legion. Oh, Legion well, was look, so good. At, at, yeah, it was. at some point, good show. Uh, whatever licenses exist, they will eventually run out and they will go back to their their origins. In this case, the origin, the the owner of all that stuff is now Disney. And Disney has made it very clear that their long-term strategy is bringing everything back under their, under their roof. So, yeah, I think at some point Legion will end up there. There or on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where is it right now? Where does it live right now? Wasn't it on? I oh, no, it was, it was on, on FX. Hulu. It was on FX originally. It was on FX. Is it on Hulu right now? can you watch it on Hulu now? I thought it was, it I mean, was on FX, Hulu all before. All FX is on Hulu. So yeah. it kind of is already home. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, they could move it over yeah. to Disney, but I guess they don't need to if they've already got it on their Hulu platform. It's just a platform. small hop. Yeah. All right, what's next? All right, from Purple Haze 4564. Hey, John, saw the Batman last night, and oh my fucking God, wow. <laughs> dude, 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 dude. Jam-packed with deep layers. I mean, from the games to the comics, loved it, bro. Can't wait for the sequel, and yet I'm terrified. You know, here's That brings up something, Purple, because there are some people, even people who love this movie, who'll say, you know, sometimes it'd be kind of slow. I never found this movie slow. I never found it slow. Like, I always said, like, yeah, not every scene has a lot of fists flying, but I felt like every scene had something important happening in it. Like, I, as long as the movie is, almost three hours, I felt like every scene had direct connective tissue to other things that you couldn't just pull that link out of the chain out of. Like, there Agreed. are a lot of movies that I love that... That scene, that scene, that scene, that scene, and that scene, you could take out of the movie and it doesn't affect the overall movie. I never felt that with the Batman. I agree with you. I mean, I thought it all, you know, that is one of the things about this movie. I was, I was so fascinated by how it was all unfolding. You know, there was, every scene interested me. I'm like, where is this going? Because I didn't know. Guys, we want to take a second and thank one of the sponsors of this video, Stamps.com. You know, they call what I and what a lot of you guys do small business, but to us, it doesn't seem small. It's the world to us, and you can't afford to miss out on opportunities to grow and keep your customers wanting more. Because time is money. Don't waste either with repeated trips to the post office. With Stamps.com, you can skip the trip and focus on how to take your business to the next level. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer and saves you money in the process, so you can spend less time at the post office and more time making your customers happy. Stamps.com gives you access to all of the post office and UPS shipping services that you need right from your computer. And get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. So stop overpaying for shipping with Stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code CAMPIA for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com and click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter the code CAMPIA. And thank you to the good folks at Spar Sparks. Stamps. Sparks.com, stamps.com for supporting this episode of the John Campy Show. Guys, seriously, go ahead and use it, whether you're shipping stuff out for small business, personal friends, whatever. It just makes your life easier. Go check it out. Make sure you use that Campia promo code because that supports the show. All right, let's get back into your live comments and questions, shall we? Chris, what's next up? This is from Bama Ham Yum. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to see the Batman with my friends today, and I am so excited. 
Batman is my second favorite superhero, so I can't wait to finally see this movie. Oh, uh, I'm telling you, like, look, it's not like over the past 15 years, we've had a Batman drought. Oh, no, if only there was some Batman content out <laughs> If only there. I could see two people get assaulted in an alley and have her lose her pearls. <laughs> Well, I think that was actually the flaw in the Batman. I, I, I was asking myself the entire time, what happened to How does Thomas Wayne? Die? What happened hey, to Wait a minute, where did, are, do his parents still live in the house? I don't are, are know. They become an orphan. Yeah, wait a minute, he's an orphan? Hmm. What? Yeah, no, I'll tell you, but even though that is all true, I have been dying to see this movie. And uh, man, for me, absolutely delivered like it's it's still certified fresh 85 on rotten tomatoes but that means 15 percent of the critics that have seen the movie didn't like it and hey it's not a movie that's going to be for everybody and that's perfectly fine but i'm just telling man for me it delivered you know i wasn't doing the review yesterday but your your headline said like perfect batman movie yeah it wasn't for me but the one thing that was perfect was gotham just the city itself. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah that yeah, was right the perfect the depiction page. of Gotham, like, ever that I've seen. All right. What's next? Ride Drive Lily. Love the show. Nothing beats a theater experience. Remember seeing Christmas Vacation in the theater at 13 with my family. That's, that's awesome. And you're right. That's the thing. The theater experience, it cannot be replaced. It just can't. I don't care how much you think your shitty little home theater is awesome. Compared to a real movie theater, your little home theater system is shitty. So is mine. It is the way to watch in a big room filled with people, with people you know and love, really taking in the experience. Damn, I'm going to miss it when it's gone. All right, what's next? From Mufasa. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Mufasa. What if the Xavier in Doctor Strange is really the one from the X-Men animated series, since the one from the Fox universe is dead? Well, since he's not animated, that probably isn't the case. <laughs> uh, so I, I wouldn't go there. Listen, don't forget, the one in the Fox universe died twice. And remember... The one in Logan wasn't really the one from the other X-Men films either, if you listen to James Mangold. Remember, the whole mantra of the X-Men movies at Fox, when you go to Fox's lot, and I've been there many times, when you go to Fox's lot and you get into the campus, there's this big marble wall, etched on it is the slogan, continuity, schmontinuity. <laughs> and that was totally their approach with things. So don't forget, he's died a couple... He yeah. died at the end of X-Men 3. Well, and, and then he was just back. Yeah. And that was it. And well, that's because the Days of Future Past happened. Well, yes. But also, and I know the comics aren't the movies, but like, think about comic book characters. No one's ever perma-dead. No, no, no. No one no. ever perma-dies. Like, people come back all the time. By the way, I should bring it up again, though. But uh, Do you like perma Damn, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? What's his name? What, a writer of Chronicle. Uh, 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 Max Landis. Max Landis. Max Landis. He perma died. Had, has a, but he does have a YouTube video out that he made many years ago. That honestly, to me, is still one of the greatest YouTube videos ever put on the platform, where he talks about the death of Superman. Yeah, and it's not just a great recounting of the story of the death of Superman. He talks about the impact that killing Superman and then bringing him back had and how it has negatively impacted comic book storytelling ever since. Because ultimately what he says in it too is by bringing Superman back, what comics did was they killed death. Right. 
I'm look. I'm a fan of Max Linus. He's been. He was very kind. Uh, he had some kind words for some work that I had done in the past, and I think he he's a very talented guy. I loved his Superman. Was it Superman American Alien? Was that the name of his comic series that he wrote about Superman? So long, yeah, yeah. Really good. And he's a talented writer. And I really love Chronicle. Well, I'll tell you, he, he came into my studio a couple of times. We had him on uh, Heroes. We did. We had him on Heroes one time, too. And it couldn't have been a nicer, more pleasant guy. Look, so all the other things surrounding Max Linus, we can't speak to. We weren't there. And I'm not giving any commentary on that. I'm saying I just this, made a particular, joke, right? yeah, this particular video of his was really, really good. Oh, all right. He wrote Bright, too? Yep. Oh yeah, I didn't like that. And, and he got, but he got paid. He got some Netflix cheddar on that job. Okay, what's next? By the way, Soul's coming over on Saturday. We got to meet with him about some YouTube channel stuff. Okay, what's next? Cincinnati's five star barber. Oh, nice. So John and Rob, you guys are right. I'm officially on the Z-Vid train. There now. you go. But we don't mention them now. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about true. So I don't know what you're talking about, Cincinnati Five Star. But well, I wanted to hear pack. what flavors he likes. Bought a sampler pack and I like them all. They make me happy from my tongue down to my glorious pink sack. LOL. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. If a cola beverage makes you feel good in your sack, I feel like that cola beverage has something hinky going on. Yeah, I, well, I don't know what's in wonderful. my cup. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint about what's in my cup. <laughs> Ain't nobody paid me any sponsorship money to promote their damn product that I've been mm -hmm. promoting for years. Mm -hmm. And because of you, like our friend, I buy all the flavors. Mm. And it's a pricey proposition, dude. That is the most expensive soda ever. Yeah, I mean, it's not super expensive, but compared to regular soda, it's expensive. Yeah, it's premium, premium it's price. Premium. Yeah, and there's none. Yeah. But I'll tell you, you know what makes it even better? Jameson. You can add Jameson into any flavor, and it's awesome. You can add Jameson in anything, though, Rob. The ninjas of the alcohol world add it to anything, and it gets better. Uh, it is for me, yeah, pretty right. much. What's next? Quaffable. Juan Ponce. <laughs> John, what are your thoughts on Studio Six Six Six? I liked the film personally as a fun gag comedy with the Foo Fighters. Keep up the great work. You know, I haven't had a chance to watch it because it came out on the weekend. That was my birthday weekend. Ann and I went out of town, celebrated down in San Diego. We were gone for days. This has been a very busy week for us here. So I have not had a chance to see it, but you guys know when the trailer came out, I was stoked for it. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually very excited to see it. I've heard good things, so I hope to get around to it very soon. All right, what's next? Mer Tartana, Guardians of the Galaxy coming to Game Pass on March 10th. Ooh. That's a great game, by it's the way. It's a fantastic game. It's now, so good. Guardians of the Galaxy, is it also on PlayStation? Yeah. Does that mean it'll come on to PlayStation now, too? It all depends on what their their thing is. I mean, if, if Xbox doesn't have, like, an exclusive thing to put it on Game Pass, which they shouldn't, then they'll probably put it up on the PlayStation. You know, John... I actually have a physical media copy of that game. It has a disc, and you could put it in your PlayStation 5. I think I, I would like to do that, because I'll tell you, <laughs> I've been playing, um, Anna's been playing Monkey Island. <gasps> right, re re rephrase that. Anna's been playing Monkey Island 2, Okay. and I just have a ball sitting there watching her trying to help her solve the puzzles. I started playing Pathfinder Kingmaker, which was originally put out for PlayStation 4, and if you guys know Pathfinder, it's a D&D &D offshoot that kind of uses the older rules of Dungeons and Dragons. At any rate, uh, I only got about 15 minutes into it and I had to stop playing once I, I got it, but I've been enjoying it. So I might have to do playing chats with me playing Kingmaker, but we'll see how that goes. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Toronto. It's game day for me game tonight. Day. Game day. So excited. So excited, Elizabeth. I hope you have a great time watching it. All right, what's next? Purple Haze 4564. Okay, John, Spider-Man No Way Home ending when Strange cast that spell. I'm confused. 
Also, I want Rob's opinion as well. Does that mean those in space forgot Peter is as well like Fury on or those just on Earth? So I, with the spell, and by the way, I, I love Spider-Man No Way Home. I do. There are a lot of logic loops in that movie, though. The, the, every time Ann and I would go see it again and again, we'd love it. Mm-hmm. But we'd always come out with like, did you, also, did you notice this time that that Questions. doesn't make any sense? There's a lot of logic problems in this movie, like tons. But uh, in the question of when the spell was cast, does that mean just people on Earth forgot who was Spider-Man? Or does that mean people out in outer space like Nick Fury was? Will he remember who he is? What do you think, Rob? The way I take it to mean is that the the spell emanates from... Peter Parker himself. Doctor Strange put a spell on Peter Parker. Not reality itself. And to me, that means that if anybody is in proximity of Peter Parker, they forget him. So if Nick Fury comes back from space, or if Nick Fury is a scroll, if he's around Peter Parker, he won't know who Peter Parker is. That's the way I saw it. Okay, but what does that do for social media presence, digital records. Like if somebody living in Russia at the time goes on the internet, is all that scrubbed? Yes. Even without being in proximity to people. Yeah, but I mean, I think, what I mean is like, yes, I, I think it's all of reality. I agree. All, all of reality. Yeah. But but if like you weren't there, it, 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 all of reality was changed. And right. I think that it has to be from. Okay, we, we, we're going to start moving a little bit faster because we still have a lot of questions to go through today. All right, now. what's next? Kevin Cow, can't wait to watch the Batman tomorrow with you guys. Yay! Oh, you're going to come to that, Kevin? That is great. I'm looking forward to that fan screen tomorrow, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, what's next? Jacob Hirsch, it's the silliest and dumbest of the Arrowverse shows, but I just thought I'd let y'all know that the booster that Booster Gold appeared on last night's Legends finale. Oh, they did? Like, if oh. I'm not mistaken, did Booster Gold... Was Skeets on it too? Wait a minute, Booster Gold, I'm almost positive, popped up in another show once. What Did he pop up in Smallville? I'm not sure. Guys in the live chat, help me out, because I'm almost positive Booster Gold has appeared, and, and Andy is saying it was Smallville. Yes, it was Smallville. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I remember that. We did see him before. Uh, that's kind of, I have, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched Legends of Tomorrow since season yeah. three or four. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a kick out of it for a while, but I, I didn't really know. Thank you, everybody in live chat, by the way, for uh, confirming that, that it was Smallville. Um, yeah, so I, I I don't even know who's on it anymore. They just started trading in and out cast members yeah. way too frequently. It's like there's like two original cast members left. And After we lost Captain Cold, I was kind of just like, eh. That took a lot out of it. And then the yeah. main guy left. Yeah. And then they started bringing in Kid Flash. And then he was gone. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, what, what am I watching this for? Yeah. I... I don't get, you know, so you're I, watching it for the legends of tomorrow, but they were changing the legends of tomorrow constantly. You know, it reminds me of this and I shouldn't tell you this story, but I will. This is about Star Trek. No. Okay. So, but I, I believe that cause I think this principle applies to shows like this too. When I was leaving Collider, right? I was leaving, when I was leaving Collider, I had a meeting with the boss and I said, look, I gave them my last, some recommendations, and I gave them my advice. And one of the things that I told them when I was leaving, because they were going to continue on with movie talk and all that kind of stuff. I said, 
Get rid of Burnett. First, the first thing you got to do is get rid of Burnett. But after that, when you're doing movie talk, do not have a different panel every day. It's okay if one or two times a week somebody swaps out a chair, but for the most part, set your movie talk lineup and stick with that lineup. Because people don't tune in for the news. There's a lot of places they can get the news. They tune in because they get attached to the personalities on the show. And they know when they tune in, they're going to see their personalities that they click with. And if you swap out the panel like every day, it's going to lessen the incentive for people to come back and watch every day. They, of course, completely ignored my recommendation. And immediately after I left, the ratings on the show started to tank. But the same thing applies to something like Legends of Tomorrow. I just found that, you know, I watched the first season. I never, I never completely loved Legends of Tomorrow, but I liked it enough. And I started to attach to the characters. And all of a sudden, it just seems like the characters kept, like White Canary was like the only one that stuck around. Everybody else was like constantly coming in and out. It's like, I don't even know who's on the show anymore. It's like when I turn on WWE today, I don't know any of the wrestlers anymore. Like none of them. It's like, you know, if, if Undertaker doesn't come back again, I don't know who's, who's there. So I, I think that's a real thing. Anyway, that's just me. All right, what's next? All right. Um, from Ty Burton. Do y'all want to feel old? Logan, Hugh Jackman's swan song is Wolverine, came out five years ago today. Crazy how time flies. You know, it does feel like it's been, I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I'm actually surprised it was only five years. Me too. I feel like Logan has been one of the greatest comic book films of all time for so long. Yeah. Mm. It almost feels like it's been longer than five years. Plus, it's lo it, it is longer because we had pandemic years, which exactly. made everything longer. Yeah. And have we seen that the little girl in anything else? Yeah, uh, his dark materials. TV series. Yeah. His dark materials, yeah. Mm -hmm. She's got her own series. She's, She's really great. good in that, too. She's yeah, fantastic. She was really good in that. Oh. All right, what's next? Uh, Nate Bulwer. Hope everyone is doing well. Question for anyone. What are your top three film noir movies? Ron, you want to take that one? Well, Double Indemnity. Um... Double Indemnity is one. Uh, I think Sunset Boulevard is one. And, ooh, Gun Fury? No, I wouldn't say. I don't know. There's so many. What's what's the Russell Crowe one again? Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe. Oh, LA that's Confidential? LA Confidential. LA Confidential. Mm -hmm. I, I consider that film noir. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, modern film yeah. noir. Sure, I was singing 40s and 50s. I mean, you know what? The original Nightmare Alley is a great oh, yeah. film noir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just watched that recently. It's so good. All right, what's next? It's Double McShave. What 2022 non-superhero movies are you excited about? Uh, well, my my next my next most anticipated film, now that I've seen Cyrano and now that I've seen uh, The Batman, is The Northman. And that's that's coming out in April. Uh, so that's coming out really soon, but mm -hmm. The Northman is the one that I'm, I'm really most excited about. You guys have one that you're really stoked for? I mean, Bullet Train looks Looks oh my dope. god, that looks so Bullet good! Train. And uh, he's still kind of a superhero because he's the blue blur, blur. But I'm really excited about Sonic too. I think it's going to be precious, too. dude. It's going to be great. Top Gun, Maverick, Top Gun. Yo. And you oh, never even saw the 13th. I know, and I, you know, that movie. It's it when it was they made that in 2003. The original? No, the original Top Gun Maverick. Didn't they shoot it? Oh in 2003? yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this this was a movie in development when Tony Scott was still alive. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. were trying to get this movie go going. 
No, I'm, I'm in all, in all right seriousness, now, I can't wait. You're just really it, excited for nope. another volleyball scene? Oh, people. yeah. No, nope. Nope. nope is another really nope. good looking oh, one. Nope, nope. Sure, yeah. so good. Yeah. All right, next oh. up. All right, from Andres. Okay, so I was watching uh, WWE documentals of the late, great Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, uh, yeah. He is my favorite of all time. What were your impressions of him and his impact? Eddie Guerrero was an incredibly, I mean, it's, it's a, it is difficult today understanding what all happened with Chris Jericho, not Chris Jericho, Chris, Chris, Benoit. Chris Benoit. But when you look at the story of Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, as they came up, not in the Bedin Malenko and, and, and guys like that, it's an incredible story um, about that. And he was an incredible performer, Eddie Guerrero. And he influenced so many of the young. So many because young he, was a, he was a high flyer. He did. Yep. He was very technical. And he, was, he wasn't white. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He was a different race. So, yeah. And he was smaller. But yet, dude, he did incredible oh, oh, he was, things in the ring. He was built like crazy, too. I still remember. Now, again, with all the brain damage and everything that happened with Chris Benoit I mean, and the tragedy that it's nobody likes to talk about. But I will say this. I think one of the most special WrestleMania moments ever was the WrestleMania when Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero won the two heavyweight championships. And it ended with the two of them. Because if you know their journey and their story, it was pretty special. Anyway, all right, what's next? Blue PVP, this is ridiculous on AMC. For Dolby Cinema, it took 24 minutes for Spider-Man to start. It took a, it took 28 minutes for the Batman at Dolby to start because of AMC ads. I, I, again, listen, this, and it's not just this, it's not just AMC, okay? The other movie theater chains have this problem too. And if you watch my documentary, Movie Trailers, A Love Story, one of the big, big problems in, movie, in the movie-going experience today is you tell people, movies at 7 o'clock, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. Movie doesn't actually start for a half hour after that. So and, are you saying we don't have to show up for this fan screening until twelve thirty? I. Well, when we did our private screening of Spider Man No Way Home, I think they, I think we didn't get trailers. Yeah, I don't either. But I, but I'm not, I'm not, I can't remember exactly for sure. But like, you want to talk about? You need to create a better consumer experience. It starts with. Getting the movie that people paid to come and see start as close to when you tell them it's going to start. Now, don't get me wrong. I love movie trailers. I made an entire documentary about it. I love movie trailers. It is unfucking acceptable that a movie actually starts nearly or sometimes more than a half hour. Now, get it. I understand. When you get a free service, you get ads. I get that because they got to pay for it. I understand that. I got no problems with that. But if I'm going to pay $15 to come to your theater and sit there, I've bought the right to not have to sit there and watch a fucking half hour of ads. And now you're going to pay more for a premium if you yeah. go to an AMC theater. And now you're going to pay even well, more. And just play it before the movie start time is supposed to happen. Yeah, I have I, no problem with that. I don't need to hear Maria Menudo's tell me movie news, right? <laughs> like, I don't... She's kind of hot, though. She's adorable. Yeah, I know Maria. But, like... Oh, you do? Yeah, I mean, really? I, no, no, just, don't, well, no, don't I mean, she's beautiful. But, like... But I don't, I, I would go watch a show of hers. I don't need her to pop on real quick, tell me some trivia and boogie. But no, really. Like, the, the, plus, she's the, not the even movie, live. The yeah. newbie stuff she does, if the movie starts at 7, the the newbie stuff that she does happens before 7 o'clock. Yeah. That's fair game. Yeah. I'm no problem Put with that. Put your ads over there before everything happens. Yeah. Oh, it's frustrating. Okay, sorry. What's next? Al Renshaw, with the price of gas, I envy your Tesla. I'm telling you, man, every day Ann and I drive by 
a gas station. We look at the price of gas. We're like, woo. And I got my solar panels. I'm plugging my Tesla into my batteries every day. I'm not even paying for my home electricity that's charged my Teslas. I'm Dude. so I'm so over putting gas in the car because our, our electric is coming soon and I refuse to fill up the tank all the way, <laughs> which is obnoxious driving here, but I'm still just like, I won't do it. I'm going to put $15 in at a time. I, I got to tell you, uh, daddy's over here rolling the Prius Prime and I got to tell you, it only it's only got an eight gallon tank and I fill it up once every because it all because because it's not a hybrid it's a dual thing right like it yeah it runs on battery until it runs oh. out of battery and then it switches over i mean it is, I, cool. I can't believe it i'm like wow i never have it's now a no i'm driving a car it's a novelty to fill up yeah listen and look i saved i drove a piece of shit car for a long time and yes. I saved for a long time. That car was the bane of my existence when I was your assistant, John. <laughs> and, I hated and, it so much. <laughs> oh, I know. I remember because you, because It Chris, hated me. My old car, Chris, hated because I would, sometimes she would run out to get gas in my car for me and she couldn't get the car to, to the key to, to turn start. or anything like that. And drove the same car for a decade. She's, she's been driving the same car. We saved a long time to get those Teslas. And I just saw them as an investment. But man, yeah, I do not miss having oh. to stop at the gas station, man. I did, love it. Did you have to update the software? They said that Tesla has the software that was actually, they designed it to break the law. This it, this software they had to change like in the last, I think it's well, something Well, Tesla's to do always rolling out software updates. They're oh. always doing it. So Because yeah. it sounded cool. It had something to do with self-driving. I didn't like, know if is you your, Is your car breaking the law? Is your <laughs> car a criminal? Breaking the law. Breaking the law. All right. What's next? Uh, film code. What are the chances we see Zoe's Catwoman team up with Barry and Pfeiffer in the future? Zero. I, I, like, I, I mean, you really should never say zero in these movie worlds, but I'll go ahead and say zero. I'll say zero too. By the way, how great is she in the movie? She's wonderful in this movie. All right, what's next? Okay, Mystic River movie club episode anytime soon? Mystic River would be a good one. I wouldn't say anytime soon, but Mystic River, which was which won, I think it won Pennant Academy Award, did he not? It's I'm such an sure. uplifting film. And I know Eastwood got nominated for Best Director for it. I can't remember if he won or not. But yeah, Mystic River. Yeah, not an uplifting Dude, film, if we're but... going to do an Eastwood movie, we should do Unforgiven. Oh, well, no, we are definitely going to be doing Unforgiven at some point. Like, that is beyond any question. All right, what's next? Raymond again. Despite the number of times you call him the GOAT, Spielberg didn't win his Oscar till Schindler's List. It's true. He made a lot of blockbusters from 70s to 90s, but they were like the MCU films of that era. Well, everybody wins their first one. Every Nobody's won an Academy Award until they have. Yeah. You know who never won Oscars? Alfred Hitchcock and Stanley Kubrick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got honorary Oscars, but they yep. never won for directing. Yep. Boo. But 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 here's the thing. This is the thing about Oscars. You don't just get given an Oscar because of your body of work. It's what that year that this is what makes winning an Oscar so difficult. You can make a top five greatest movie of all time. If you happen to come out in the same year that another top five greatest movie of all time, then you get no Oscar. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just one of those things that makes it so freaking difficult to get. It's true. It's, it's, it kind of makes it special in a way. But yeah, when you think about that, it's crazy. All right, what's next? Uh, Sinaji Taz sends in a super chat to support. Thank you, Sinaji. Uh, King Tane, if that theory is true about House of M already happening, maybe that scene in the trailer with two Wandas is her seeing her past self do it? Oh, that's absolutely one of the possibilities. 100% with her looking kind of broken on her knees, whatever, 
that could be the moment. There's absolutely a chance. I'm not saying this that I think it's what's going to happen, but when we see Wanda in the jeans and the shirt walking up to the Wanda in the Scarlet Witch outfit on her knees, that very well could be a memory or a multi-dimensional train of moment when that Scarlet Witch utters the words, no more mutants. And what if the Wanda Maximoff we've seen this whole time isn't the real Wanda Maximoff? Well, in a multiverse, who's the real one? Well, right, but I mean, our Wanda was not the person who said no more mutants, another Wanda did. Mm -hmm. maybe, the, maybe the Wanda from Patrick Stewart. That's what Stewart's. I think it is. Yeah. Yep. That's what I think it is. Could very well be. All right, what's next? Blue Rock have not seen a trace of Katherine Watterson in the marketing for Fantastic Beasts 3. However, IMDb lists her as part of the cast. Thoughts? Yeah, Thank it you. is interesting because she is the main love interest to Newt's commander in the first couple of films, mm -hmm. and she suddenly not in the trailers. Somebody said to me, I think somebody tweeted me last night, I said, why do you think they're hiding her? It's like, well, no, 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 take, take a pause. This is a two-minute trailer. If you can't put everything in it, and maybe the scenes with her aren't the ones that are really going to... So, I mean, she can sell the movie, but maybe the scenes she's in aren't the ones that look great in a trailer. Or the scenes she's in are spoilers. Or maybe a scene she's in are a spoiler, but honestly, I give no thought to it. I mean, if they weren't showing... Uh, damn it, why am I freezing on the name of the guy who plays Newt? Academy Award oh, uh, winner. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. If they weren't showing Eddie Redmayne, then I have to bring a question. But she's not a title character of it. You know, you got to have Dumbledore in it. You got to have Newt in it. You have uh, to but, show Mads. Just because, yeah, you got to show Mads. But, because he is the, but somebody, or something not being in a trailer does not mean they're hiding it. It just means, eh, no, the stuff that they're in doesn't make for a good trailer, so we just didn't put it in there. It's true. Doesn't mean they're hiding it, but it is curious. It's absolutely curious. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Rado again. Is AMC still playing that Nicole Kidman trailer? Yep. Asking, asking for a friend, aka me. Today is my first theater visit in 2022, and I loathe that ad. Here's the thing. The first time I saw it, I thought it was really cool. It's like, well, look, I guess what, they knew what they were spending their Reddit meme stock on, money on. They paid a lot of money for it, and I thought it was kind of cool at first. But yeah, after that, it's like, I, I, yes, I'm here. I'm here. It's like walking up to the thing at McDonald's. Yes, can I have a Big Mac? Sure, here you go. And can I interest you in a Big Mac? I, 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 I have it. It's just, anyway, all right, what's next? Peter Cunnington, do you think people should pay more money for things like 3D and IMAX? I have no problem with that. I have no problem that in, in movie theaters, there is the regular theater, and then beside it might be a 3D theater or a Dolby Prime Cinema or whatever. That gets you a more premium experience. So in those theaters, you pay, you pay a higher price for that experience. I have no problem with that. If you're nope. going to innovate something new that gives us a different experience and you charge a different price for that, that's fine. But any movie you show in that theater should still be the same price. Unless you're going to start dropping prices for other movies, which yeah. they're not going to do. Nope. So, uh, yeah, I have no problem with the If you're going to give us a premium experience, I don't mind paying a premium price. All right, what's next? Marion Cool Kitten. T-Mobile users, they have $2 tickets when you download their rewards app. I bought Batman. That was $28 for $2. What? I'd get forward to my faves. You know what? I've That's heard cool. that T-Mobile does stuff like that. They Dude, T-Mobile Tuesdays, bro. Is that what it's called? They've got, yeah, Tuesdays? every Tuesday T -Mobile, on my T-Mobile app. I love T-Mobile. Yeah, I'm not a T-Mobile customer myself, I, but I've that never, sounds great I never me. thought I would ever say that I love a, 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 a phone carrier, whatever you want to call but it. Here you go. I am a T-Mobile acolyte. All right, what's next? From John, got to see the Batman last night. Nice. Can't wait to bring my daughter. I, I hope she is 
prepared. <laughs> Super excited for the two showings. I have tickets this weekend. And John, the best part, no Nickelback song. Oh, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Nickelback actually did like five of the pieces in this thing. You just didn't know it was Nickelback. It's really, it's really profound work. That what they did. Michael G. Kino did was he took, never made it as my man. They took that just looping. and brought it into the studio and they remixed it and applied some filters. Lord, Lord, Lord. There's only some people who get that. It's they, the they applied club, some filters. It's in the club they go to. Yep. It's They applied filters to it, and it's actually Nickelback you're hearing in the whole movie. <laughs> I, I, and I totally didn't just make that up. All right, what's next? Tina sends in a super chat just to support us. Thank you, Thanks, Tina. Tina. Drew L. Ray. Hey, uh, loved, 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 loved the Batman. Can't wait to see it again Friday night. P.S. Rob, the Eternals 4K from Target is gorgeous. Wow. And, and have you even popped it in yet? Yes, I have. Because I've looked at it. Little, little, no, dirty secret of Robert Meyer Burnett. Not any of the salacious ones. Here it comes. Rob owns a lot of discs because he's never put it in a hit play on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shh. He's got so many. Yeah, but it's just enough to know they're there, John. There, it's, it just makes you feel good knowing they're there. But All no right, one else next? can touch them. Kellen H., what's up, John, Robin crew? Going to see the Batman tomorrow night, and I can't wait. Just wanted to let you know that the movie is uh, 6 DLV in South Africa. 16 DLV. I'm I'm going to guess that that has something to do with That's their rating you got to be 16 years old to either go into it or go into, you have to go into it with an adult. I have to look that up. But anyway, Kellen, dude, have a great time at the movie. I hope you have a blast. Thanks for sharing it with you, and I hope... You can tell us what you thought of it once you do get a chance to see it. All right, what's next? From Jonathan, just saw that bullet train trailer. It reminds me of The Mexican meets John Wick. <laughs> the Mexican is a pretty underrated Brad Pitt movie, so I'm excited. I'm going to be honest with you. I was really looking forward to The Mexican, and I I didn't love it. I didn't I either, didn't dude, and I wanted to love it. Because yeah, Brad Pitt was Julia Roberts, right? Mm. Who was in that one with him? I mean, it... Eh, like to me again, it's it feels it's got more of a guy Richie vibe to it for me. It was more of a Mexican for me. Mexican. Uh -huh. All right, what's next? Uh from Staniel, the Batman zip tie walk. No spoiler. Uh yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yep. That is a great moment. Yeah. All right, what's next? Film code. After watching your movie club on Iron Man, I started rewatching the MCU. First Avenger is underrated and wish we got more Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. More of Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Because he plays Tom, or no, not Tommy Lee Jones. I was thinking Tommy. Ha ha. Tommy Lee Jones is the, uh, the captain, general. The general, yeah. The general. In oh, that that's one. right. In the Captain America, the First Avenger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking he's, of Tommy he's Lee. He's great in Sebastian that. Sand. First Avengers is not underrated. It's the greatest comic book movie of all time. By my estimation, it it is like when you ask me about whatever I put together lists of like the greatest comic book movies of all time. That First Avengers to me is still the greatest accomplishment ever in comic book. But movie. he's talking about Captain America, the First Avenger. Oh, not the first Avengers. Yeah. Oh, then yes. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, to me, is the third most underrated comic book film ever. Yeah. Number one, obviously, is this man right here, Henry Cavill, Man of Steel, most underrated. Second most underrated is uh, Kenneth Branagh's Thor. And then I think Captain America, the first Avenger, is definitely underrated. It's, it's the third most underrated. All right, what's next? Peter Cunnington, Fight Club for Movie Club? Um, but you can't talk about at it. At some point, I think someday that'll probably make the list. That's at some one. point. All right, what's next? Jacob Hirsch, not seeing Batman until Sunday. Should I stay off social media? I can tell you this. It's not a spoiler-heavy movie. It's just really a great motion yeah. picture. Yeah, I agree. 
it's not like, at what point does a portal open up and Wonder Woman come in? Like, no, there's, there's nothing like that in the movie. So I think you're kind of safe. You might hear something about a, a, a plot turn or something, but there's this is not a spoiler-heavy movie, I don't Except feel. the Green Lantern scene is something people are going to be Damn talking it, about. Damn it, Rob. Damn it. I didn't think I'd see Guy Gardner. For anybody who might think we were being serious, that is being <laughs> facetious, by the way. All right, what's next? How do you know? Wiley Todd, the Batman gave me color of money reference. I'm happy. I'm seeing it today after just watching it yesterday. Wait a second. What was the color of money? I'm thinking, I was just thinking about that. Where, where color of money Because we were just, it's funny you brought that up, because we were just talking about the color of money a few days yeah. ago, a few weeks ago. I'm and I love that the, movie. I'm not sure. Now I got now you now I gotta look for that when we go see it yeah. again tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks for putting that in there, Wiley. All right, what's next? From Chill Level TV, sitcom recommendations, Superstore and Community. I was not big on community when it first aired. I watched a couple of episodes and thought it wasn't for me. Then a couple of years ago, Anne started getting in, got into it randomly and watching reruns. I think it was on Hulu. I started watching it VOD on Hulu. And so I started watching it with her. You're right. That show's damn funny. Yeah. Superstore, I've always heard it was funny, but I've never watched a single minute it's of it. It's really cute. It's, Is it? It's nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard several people tell me it was actually quite good, and I've never checked it out. I, I might have to at some point. All right. What's next? Gary Buck, the Batman respects the audience's intelligence. The story was often told by a look. Yeah. Like when Batman stared at that kid. It didn't need exposition. Dude, again, one of my favorite moments of any comic book movie ever that represents that is in X-Men 2 when Pyro, um, um, Iceman, and wasn't Rogue. Was it Rogue or was it Kitty Pride? I, I, I can't remember. But they go to Iceman's family's house. Oh, yeah. And Pyro sees the family portrait of a happy family, and it cuts between his look and the portrait, and they needed no dialogue for us to know exact. Suddenly, we knew everything about his backstory. Can't you try just not being a mutant? Oh, God. Yeah, that moment was so... That was so well done. All right, what's next? The Red Arrow 1316. I took your guys' advice about watching Seven before I go see the Batman tonight, and oh my God. Easily my second favorite movie, and I can't wait to see how the Batman measures up to this masterpiece. Mm. Seven is great. So good. So good. Seven is great. But don't go in trying to compare Seven. I mean, these are different movies, but yeah, they... You'll come out of Batman saying, oh, that's why people were comparing it to Seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's an apt comparison. I hope you have a good time at that one, Red Arrow. Gwyneth right. Paltrow's head's not in a box. Yeah. All right, what's next? Pop-Tart Timmy. Batman at three, let's go. Oh, dude, have a good time, Pop-Tart. I hope you have an amazing time, dude. Right, what's next? Jedediah Elias. How are you feeling about the boys' diabolical right now? Currently has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and animation looks much better in new ads. I'm very excited that it's it's getting like really good response. Although I don't think there are many reviews for it uh, up right now. All I know is I thought the trailer was terrible. Yeah, I mean, look, if it's great, I, I don't ever want anything to no, be No, I bad. want it to be great. I, I love, love the be boys. Great. Is this connected to the live action one or is it a separate thing on it? I think it's an anthology own. story that's supposed to take place in the same world as yeah. the boys. It's a lot of the same actors and everything too, doing the voices. With doing the, the voices. Additions. I just thought that the, I thought the trailer was garbage. So I hope it's good. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't I'll, a fan. I believe, in, I believe in Titmouse. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot to be said there. All right, what's next? Luke Batman 0707, sending in an almost $20 super chat. Thank you, Luke Batman. Hey, John and crew. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day without spoiling anything. Can you tell me how we see the Batman be in, be the world's greatest detective in the Batman? Look, I tell me this, but don't spoil anything. Um, okay. We, we see him doing investigations. Yeah, he does I mean, detecting. He, do, he we, detects. We yeah, said this in, in the thing yesterday. There's a scene in the trailer where there's a crime scene, a bunch of cops are there, 
And then Gordon looks at an envelope, says to the Batman, and then the camera pans over and Batman is in the room with them. So what we can tell you is that that scene does it all. He's clearly in the room investigating. He's being the detective in that room. He's gathering evidence, analyzing information, all that kind of stuff. So that's as far as we'll go into saying that, but they do a great job in this movie actually bringing out the detective in Batman. All right, what's next? Uh, Aegean? By the way, again, thanks, Luke Batman, for sending in such a generous tip, man. That's awesome of you. Thank you. Um, Fast 9 is a movie I agree on every point you made on it, but still dis still liked it despite its flaws. I'm starting to think the best way to up the stakes in Fast 10 is to show Dom lose a fight to a new baddie. There's, okay, for, hey, listen, all film subjective. If you liked it, that's awesome. I'm glad you liked it. I hated the movie, but I don't want anybody else to dislike it. If you had a good time, that's awesome. As long as Vin Diesel is a producer on these movies, Dominic Tretto will never lose a fight. But if Jason Momoa is the big bad, they had, John, they had John Cena as the big bad. That's true. They had Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the movie, and they had The Rock lose to him. Dominic Tretto will never lose a fight in the Fast and Furious franchise. He's superhuman. Well, he is Riddick. He's he's more than that. He's a Furian. Dude. And so yeah, that's and I and by the way, I am a big big Vin Diesel guy. I love Vin Diesel, love him to death. But yes, as long as he is a producer of these movies, Dom will never lose a fight. I mean, that's just and that's to the detriment of the franchise, unfortunately. All right, what's next? AFL twenty twenty four. Hey, John and crew, did you say subscriptions are coming soon? Can you give me more info on that? Never subbed on YouTube before. Yes. So we are going to be introducing a lot of people have been asking for it for a long time, and I've always kind of put it off. But we are going to be bringing in subscriptions to the YouTube channel where, I mean, look, I, I've got other people who know understand it way better than me, but you can have your own emojis, your name in the in the chat. To they become members, members of the channel. You become a member of the, of the channel. Uh, there, we're going to be able to do some streams and videos that will be exclusively for our members and stuff like that. So that is coming. Actually, when I just said, hey, Ray, we got to have a meeting on Saturday, that's what this is about. Uh, so you're going to see that set up here pretty soon. I'm very excited about it because I think it's going to open up possibilities. Because before, when I wanted to do member-only things like with our Patreon uh, supporters, our heroes who are Patreon supporters, it was always difficult because you can never really actually make videos that were just for them. You had to make videos you could set it to unlisted but then as soon as the link to that gets spread out everybody could see it anyway and blah 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 so i'm actually pretty excited for it and then in the live chat being able to see and denote immediately who are members and who have been how long they've been members and supporting us and i'm kind of excited about it i think it'll be a lot of fun all right what's next Aegean again also been a fan since 2016. thank you Aegean, for being around that long man i appreciate that all right, from Reels and Heels. So AEW owner Tony Khan bought ROH. And Ring of Honor, by the way. Okay. And it's rumored to be coming to HBO Max. Your thoughts about wrestling on HBO? That would be a huge coup for AEW if they could get picked up by HBO. That'd be huge for them if, if that, that could happen. By the way, our yeah, friend. I, know, I, I love how you're looking at me like I know anything <laughs> about wrestling. By the way, our friend, Nigel. Nigel was the heavyweight champion. I believe he was the heavyweight champion of Ring of Honor. Uh, for a while, our buddy Nigel. All right, oh. what's next? Um, from Ismail. Hey, John, I loved Batman, especially how Batman learned to be Bruce and to be Batman. But what I enjoyed the most was the investigations. Top notch. I guess other people bring that up. One of the truly more satisfying things about the movie was getting to see, because a lot of 
movies have always promised. We're going to see the, the detective in this one. This one really delivers that, and that's one of the things I liked about most. All right, what's next? Peyton Alm, do you guys know why they did that countdown at the IMAX screenings? Was so annoyed when they played three IMAX commercials, and it didn't start until 7.35. Okay, here's the thing. I actually liked it at first, because at the IMAX screenings, there was this big screen. There was no trailers, which is great. And there's this big screen with Batman on it. It says, show starts in five minutes and 12 seconds, 11 seconds. And it was counting down. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it got to zero. That the movie didn't start. We got a commercial. Mm -hmm. And then we had an IMAX promo. And then we had something else. But at the same time, there was no trailers. So there yeah, just, at least there was no trailers. It trailer. was the fun yeah. people to get in your seats now. If you're getting snacks, if, and rightfully so, because that intro, you can't miss it. I liked it. I, I made an Instagram video, put it up. I yeah. like the, the countdown I it itself. Cool. I liked. I just wish if you're going to do a countdown to movie starts in three minutes and 18 seconds and you're counting it down, then when that hits zero, the fucking movie should start. Yeah. You know who we no, have I, to blame for that? Our favorite CEO. <laughs> was He's not in charge of IMAX. I, I know, can't blame I Adam Aaron for that. Wasn't the only thing that showed after was that little group message that says you're going to be the first ones to see? Well, no, there was. And then the group that was message. it, right? There was uh, there was one more commercial, and then there was the IMAX intro screen. Oh. Yeah. Everything's like movie starts in three, two, one, and then the movie doesn't yeah. start. Which That's my like, only problem with on it. On New Year's Eve, you don't drop the ball two minutes after you Say, do the countdown. Three, two, one, Happy New Year in three more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't do that. All right, what's next? From Splendorous, listening to the score for the Batman all day. My fave track is "Can't Fight City Halloween." Uh, I always say Giacchino. Uh, thank you. Giacchino hits it out of the park once again. You know, I still have not listened to the soundtrack. It's, it's really good. But I'm, I'm definitely the music in this movie is incredible. I have to check it out at some point. All right. What's next? Peyton Dukes. Hey, John and crew. I've been watching all your live shows leading up to the Batman and I got to see the movie Tuesday. Nice. I absolutely loved it. Plus, the Nirvana song use is perfect for this Batman world. What? I. I can't remember. The, oh, the Nirvana song. Yeah. Being yeah. Um. What's the name of it? What's the I know I'm from I'm Seattle. Blanking. I should know this. I could I have the theme in my head. But I, I, I don't can know the sing words. it, but I, you know. But at what point in the movie? Early, mid? I don't they remember. They use it twice. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Well, we're gonna see it again tomorrow, and I'll see it again. He's talking about the one in the trailer, right? The first trailer. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that was that in the first trailer. Yeah. Something in the way. All right. There you go. Anyway, glad you had a chance to see Tuesday. Thanks, what did you think about the countdown clock of the screenings anyway? Too? Anyway, Peyton, thanks for sending that in. Let us know about that, man. All right, what's From next? From Carlos Sosa. Hey, John and team. Got my tickets for Twilight Boy Batman for the 11th on AMC Prime Center seats. I cannot wait. Nice. I actually, again, Prime, there's no bad seat in the house with Prime. They make sure there's no seat that's too close to the screen. You can be at the back, you can be in the middle, you can be front. You're going to be in a nice, comfortable chair the whole bit. I mean, it's it's a good experience, those prime theaters, man. For me, for the Batman, the side seat is the perfect seat. Just because if you have to use the restroom, you know, there's no, you know, walking across multiple people really sucks when you have to go bad. You but know you know what? I mean? In a prime theater, it's easier because oh, there's yeah, more room. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, in the in the IMAX, there is very little room between your knees and the seat in front of you. Oh, and yeah. we were right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I had to go to the bathroom at one point. And I felt horrible because I had to go across like 15 people. Oh. And 
accident, like bumping the chairs yeah. in and front you, of them, and I hated that. And you held on to me. It's yeah. Never yeah, I almost fell over. I had to put my you hand on You almost fell him. over, and then I'm glad it was me that you put your hand on your screen. Yeah, you I, well, knew it was, it was me, you. right? I knew it was okay, you. Okay, yeah, thank yeah, God. I wouldn't have done that otherwise. <laughs> All right, what's next? Sam Edwards, rewatch Lego Batman film. Forgot how great it is. Oh, that movie it's is fun. so good and deserved so, good. so much better at the box office. Mm -hmm. It didn't do great at the box office, but it is fantastic if you haven't watched the lego batman movie watch it's a lot of fun all right what's next jedi again the batman was incredible just wish it hit me more emotionally like it has for so many others and riddler mystery was bogged down by um by mm. oh, i'm gonna skip that because that's mm -hmm. kind of spoilery all right um well yeah look i again the whole idea about the emo i, I thought for me the emotions worked and riddler man because not only was he kind of of a terrifying presence but you the movie does a great job of actually getting you, and this is great when a movie can do this, gets you to feel a little bit of empathy for him. And when you start to feel an empathy for for a villain, it makes him even scarier to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's Well, that's what makes a great villain, when you yeah. understand their ideology yeah. and that what they What's subscribe to them? makes sense to them. And when you start to see that sensical nature to it, it's terrifying. And when that motivation isn't just, I want more money. Yeah. When that's not the only motivation. There's actually an emotional root to it. It's really powerful. And when you find out he is the way he is because Daniel Plainview yelled at him in his face <laughs> so many times. I mean, that that's he, what, that's what you can only be told that your milkshake got drank so many times. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Snap a little bit. Yeah. All right, what's next? <laughs> Mr. 47, Riddler. What travels down an alley and has three holes in it? Batman, my parents? Riddler, oh God, no, I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Pretty good. Mr. Oh, God, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like that. All right, what's next? Yeah. Yeah. The Batman is the GOAT superhero. The cinematography to the score, to the characters, to the story itself was just amazing. What a movie. I'm just thankful. I, you can't design a better Batman movie. And the cinematography is oh, stunning. And breathtaking. Oh, yeah. And this is the first movie I could say every person played their part perfectly for me. So well. Mm -hmm. like From the gangsters the, to. The, yeah, yeah. The smallest even roles whatever they were just so good the twin brothers the twins the i can't twins. Give, I yeah, love those so twins. foreigner everyone oh all right what's next gary meyer so come on rob have you watched picard if not are you going to <laughs> rob watch rob hate watches everything Star Trek. yes related. i watched picard he doesn't want to say anything more other than I that. Promised, I promised. I made a promise. I made a promise before the show started that I would hold my tongue. But you can always come to my own YouTube channel where I never hold my tongue when it comes to Star Trek. All right. I, but for the record, I did not ask Rob to hold his tongue. Just for, for the record. He didn't. I, I, I did because I, I, I fear for my heart. All right. Next up. The Red Arrow 1316. Seven for Movie Club next week. Lots of interesting conversations to be had about Doe, Mills, and Somerset. And I'd love hearing your guys' opinions. Well, I mean, I think seven is going to be a good one to do at some point. But no, we're going to go to The Dark Knight next week to celebrate the opening because we did Batman Begins prior to the opening. Now we'll just give over to uh, Dark Knight this coming week. And I, I think it's going to be a really, really fun discussion. Thanks for the. And yes, I do think at some point seven will be on the docket. All right, what's next? Hey, John, when will the Batman Who is spoiler? It? Oh, sorry. CMG2491. <laughs> I was just going to go for it. <laughs> you know what? For me, John. I'm asking I'm this, John. CMG2491. Hey, John, when will the Batman spoiler talk be posted? I have so many spoiler questions to ask. Thanks for everything you do. You're one of my biggest inspirations for my own podcast and YouTube page. Oh, thank you for that, CMG. So, yes, what will happen is I think 
probably Friday night. Friday night, we will post. So, Ray, don't forget to get that uh, thumbnail made there. Mm -hmm. Friday night, we will post the live event. So, it'll be there. And then we will go live on Sunday afternoon. So, it'll be, you'll have a day and a half to go in there and get questions. And now, at some point, we'll have to turn it off because I have a feeling the Batman open spoiler discussion could be one of those 18 parters. And we just don't have time to do oh, 18 dude. parters anymore. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think Friday night we will post it so you can, guys can go in and start putting your questions in probably uh, probably as early as Friday night. So keep your eyes open for it. All right. Thanks for asking, man. What's next? Vincent Moore. Good morning, John and crew. Loved the Batman. Give me vibes from the Arkham games and Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Mm. Oh, mm. And, and the Long Halloween yeah. and, and so many. Other, but yes, that's a couple of other ones. I absolutely picked up hints of Mask of the Phantasm mm -hmm. there. Yep. And, and you know what? That movie does not get enough love. No. It doesn't. Listen, I don't like, generally speaking, well, I pretty much hate almost all Marvel and DC direct-to-video animated stuff. It's pretty much all drivel trash. Mass of the Phantasm, though, was a theatrical release film. Yeah. It was really the Shirley Walker score. You know what is I not drivel? You know what is not drivel, though? What's that? John, Batman Forever. Really? I mean, Batman. Yeah, Batman. What am I saying? You Batman, like Batman Forever? I mean, not Batman Forever. Why am I getting this wrong? Batman and Robin? <laughs> no. No, I ruined my I ruined my joke. Oh, okay. Terry uh, McGinnis. Oh, Batman, oh, Batman, Batman Beyond. Beyond. Proving what? I, I don't know why. You know, I said Batman Forever because I it, the the Hot Toys Batman Forever figures come out next month. Proving uh, once again, even people who say they uh, wanted Batman Beyond don't care enough about it to even. Look what you've done, Rob. Look what I've done. Nobody even remembers no. or cares I, about that. You're shit. off of the you're off so of the good. wagon now. Oh, oh man, I thought you were with us, Rob. <laughs> So yeah, ruined, though, John, all my the, joke. All the animated stuff from like Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, that stuff though was all so good. Like Mask well, like, of the Phantasm, Sub Zero. And Batman, uh, Batman Beyond is a sequel series to the Batman exactly. the animated series. Yes, it still makes it, you know, it's, it's so great. Great. completely irrelevant. But but no, that original Batman animated series was like so freaking good. That was so good. Mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, a lot of stuff since then. Yeah. Like, I always get, everybody writes to me, John, did you see this DC animated thing? You'll love this one. John, did you see this Marvel animated thing? You'll love this one. And I always watch, it's like, yep, shite, click. Yeah. It's just, oh. Oh. Not good. all right. Good. What do we got next? Now just some support from Connie and Josh. Thank oh, you so much, Oh, one of our favorite people, Connie and Josh. Thank you so much, guys, for sending in that support just to be supportive. And guys, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campy Show, thank you so much for being here, making this show part of your day. By the way, a uh, special announcement. Tomorrow's John Campia Show will not be at its regular 10 a.m. time because at, like, we have to be on the road by 10.30 to go out to Burbank for our special fan screening of The Batman and where some of you guys will be joining us for that. No, uh, so we are going to be doing a special start time of the John Cabe show tomorrow at 8 a.m. Los Angeles time. So that's 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I believe that's 11 a.m. East Coast, whatever. So for tomorrow and only for tomorrow, there's going to be a special start time for the John Cabe show. And we hope if you guys are awake, uh, you want to join us for that. We hope to see you there. I want to thank the people in the room sitting with me right over here. Robert Meyer Burnett, Ray Aura. I almost... <laughs> I almost called you Maggie Chelenol. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know why.
Chris Carr over here, ladies and gentlemen. And to all of you, special thank you to you guys. I'm choked now. Special thank you to you guys who sent in those super chats. First of all, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. Secondly, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so much for your support. Okay, guys, that'll do it for us. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.